listening to the Blood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in while we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. If you're Metal Mike, Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. All right, you know where you are. This is the Plug Podcast, music and more. I am Bushy. With me on the other end, Metal Mike. How are you? All right, all right, all right, dude. Man, it's been it's been an interesting few weeks since I seen you, my friend. And I literally did see you, the Rock and Pod, had an amazing time. Um, and that's what we're doing this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing our rock and pod recap. Might be a little late, but hey, fucking real life gets in the way sometimes, man. Oh I yeah, mean, I, okay. they've been able to listen to all the other rock and pod uh, episodes. So now you get to hear us. Fresh you know, well, there that's true. And secondly, you know, I mean, I, I got sick, guys. I, I and that, this time I got the con flu, and did I feel it? Holy shit, was I sick, man. I didn't realize it at first. I came back home feeling fine. But because I came back home and, and I was in such a large group of people, being the person I am, I'm an infection prevention and control nurse or infection preventionist at my place. So it's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and do a rapid test. Negative, right? Next day, felt a little weird, but I'm like, ah, it's just probably nurse, but I'll go ahead and do it again. Negative. Then Friday we do our PRR test or PCR test, which is, you know, just your normal um, COVID testing, you know, from a lab. And uh, boom, man, I get a call, uh, get a call um, from my facility. My my boss says, uh, "Good afternoon, Mike. You are COVID positive." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" So you know, I had to stay. And then that's it was. Really, the symptoms started that Friday night after I got tested. I did my show last Friday, not this past Friday, but last Friday. And, um, dude, I, I sounded like a fucking cokehead bushy. I swear to God, I was just sniffling the whole time. Me and Bill both were, uh, but I just thought I had a cold, you know. And then when they told me that, uh, that, uh, you know, um, when they, uh, told me I had a, uh, Uh, COVID man, it was like, oh fuck, you know. So yeah, it kind of sucked. This and because we were going to record over the weekend, that weekend I do believe, and I, I couldn't do it, man. My head was. Th- that's what was weird about this time, man. Fucking hellacious headaches, bro. Just hellacious, you know. So I don't know if I. I, I guess I got it at the Rock and Pod. I really don't know. I think you would have had to because uh, Mark's wife, Diane, ended up with it. Jerry Supe, he he ended up with it. I'm starting to think that I just have an amazingly strong constitution because I've only ended up with it that one time. And it took, what, two, three years to get it in the first place. <laughs> Dude, can I tell you something weird? I never got it till after I got those shots. Right. True story. True story. And I hadn't had it in fucking forever. And I had been around people who had it. Patients, you know. Because even with isolation, I'll let you try your business. But there was one weekend I was staying with my brother and my sister-in-law. And I fucking smoked bowls with them and everything, dude. And they had it. Never caught it. Nice. Never caught it. So I don't know, man. I didn't. I, and at first I thought, oh, well, it's just going to be a slight cold. 
because that's how it started. It wasn't that bad. Really, the, the bad part was the headaches. If I didn't have the headaches, it would have just felt like a fucking cold. And it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But, man, you know, my brother Marky, when he got it, he had really bad headaches. And that that's what was kicking my ass, man. My head. And when I say, like, because, you know, a lot of times you'll get a headache. And sometimes you'll get it in your temple or your front or the back. Oh, no. My whole head felt like it was going to explode like the David Cronenberg movie Scanners, dude. It was horrible. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're doing better now. Because I've because I've been thanks, wa- man. I've been wanting to talk to you. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Uh, look, this will be hard to do by myself, and it would be like almost impossible to to replace you. So that is true. <laughs> somebody that has both rock and metal knowledge, and not just you know what's been on the radio for the last ten years. You know, and uh, that's my previous true. co-host, yeah. that's the way he knew. He knew the newer stuff. You know, new at the time, uh-huh. and you have a just such a broad range of musical knowledge. It's great to be able to grab from. But I tell well, you thank what, you. you know, this rock and pod was fucking, man, we say it every year. But I tell you what, best one. With the exception of one thing. Oh, yeah, we will definitely get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we got robbed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was uh, I think that was an artist's choice. Not not the event itself. Yeah, you know, but uh, so yeah, let's let's uh, let's get into it. But uh, first, that is right. We do have some metal news this week. Um, boy, Ace Fraley throwing out the ultimatums. What is going on there? Apparently, uh, Kiss was on the Howard Stern show. I've seen clips. Um, I haven't seen the whole whole performance. Uh, but they played a couple songs, and uh, something was said about Ace, you know, and if Ace and Peter were back in the band, they'd have to call it Piss. Well, apparently— well, yeah, what happened is they were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and and they said if Ace and Peter had performed, it would have been Piss instead of Kiss. Right, right. Well, Ace took some umbrage with this, and he issued—I I guess we're three days away or two days away, I don't remember which—from Ace releasing some dirt— uh, he said he would come back on the Eddie Trunk show because he wants a, he demands a formal apology from Paul Stanley for saying that shit. And yeah. He has a 130-page or 120-page manuscript in a safety deposit box that will be released <laughs> if anything happens to him, which is very, very dramatic. <laughs> it is. It is, but I love it. You know, I mean, look, man, when it comes to Kiss, it's all about the drama, right? I mean, one of the reasons why even, like, I could give a fuck less about Scab Kiss. I don't care for what they're doing. I don't really, but they're still, even now, I'll watch, my, I'll catch myself on YouTube watching people rank their Kiss albums. Or, you know, like, I just watched my our boy Edwin Canastracci uh, rank his, and while I don't agree with his ranking, for the most part, I mean, he's got some shit ranked higher than other. I'm like, what? But I also understand that Edwin didn't really get into Kiss until he was a grown ass man, man. It was like the late nineties, you know, like he didn't, he didn't grow up on them. Like I did, you know, he, he wasn't there when they were on the Paul Lynn Halloween special. So, so I have, you again, you got to look at timeline you got to look at, even though Edwin's, I mean, I know he's younger than me, but he, he could have been old enough to have gotten into Kiss. It's just that, the album he bought, which I believe was hot in the shade. It just didn't really grab him at the time, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, 
So he doesn't have that. I mean, he likes Kiss. He's obviously a fan, you know, but he's not, he doesn't have that emotional attachment where, you know, even with me, I have to admit with certain records, I'm going kind of like, well, okay, if I was looking at this objectively, like if I had never heard Kiss before and they said, hey, Mike, we want you to listen to all their records and give us your honest opinion, it would be interesting to see what I would say. Because if you're coming at it as new and you're not going in, in the or, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can kind of understand why he ranked some of the things that he said because he's going into it as a 20 something year old man. You know, now he's even older than that, and and um, that I think he would have a different outlook on things. You know, you know, it was it was interesting. It was an interesting video, and that's okay. Like, you, we all don't have to agree with each other about stuff. You know, it's like that's what makes it fun. You know, um, but there's some people that get really, how oh, can you rank Destroyer so low? Hey, it's his fucking list. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, and it's how he feels, and it's his opinion. You know. Uh, yep. Destroyer's got a couple good songs. I mean, you know, even even I don't think Destroyer's that. You know, great. well, okay, it's kind of funny. Bush, an album that you know blew them up all over the world. I I get that. Well, I you got to understand, Destroyer was the second Kiss album I ever really listened to right after Alive. Okay, so I do have a bit of an emotional attachment with that album. At one point in time, it was my favorite studio album. But as I got older, my taste just changed. And I think maybe partially from burnout and maybe just partially from, you know, it's good. It's a good record. I think it's still overall a good, solid record. Agree. But I like rock and roll over more. I like some of the other albums more. I mean, it's just like, like you more. I like the other more. Right. I mean, uh, no, I don't, but, um, but <laughs> I mean, it's not in my, but it wasn't in my top five. And I got some flack for that. How can destroyer not be in your top five? Well, sorry, bro. It's just not, you know, but there's some people like bill. He feels that destroyer is their masterpiece. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. There are. You know, I, and that's and 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 I can understand why. Like I said, when I was a kid, I loved that record. I still love it. Don't get me wrong; it's a great record, but it's not. Like I said, it's not my top five anymore. You know, I'll go but to I, Gun before I go to Destroyer. Me too. Me too. Um, I mean, for me, uh, you know, like I said, Rock and Roll Over, which was still a very favorite album of mine as a little boy, because again, that was the album my brother got after Destroyer, you know? So it was like, and then my buddy next door who lived, lived, literally lived in the house that my father lives in now, he had the, uh, the, the, the three, the triple album, the originals. Remember, have you ever seen that packaging? Yeah. Uh And, uh, so I got to hear the first three Kiss albums and hear songs I'd never heard before. But I do remember going, whoa, this sounds different from the Alive versions. Yes. Even then I noticed a difference. But the songs were still great and 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 hotter than hell, man. Like that's one like when people tell me that that Kiss wasn't a metal band, I'm like, man, I don't know. Songs like Parasite and Strange Ways and fucking Hotter Than Hell. That whole album, man, it's pretty 1974, it's pretty fucking it, it's pretty goddamn heavy. If it's not heavy metal, it's definitely heavy rock. And I mean, yes, if you're going to go by today's standards, I would say Kiss is more of a hard rock band than a metal band. But back in the 70s, man, the line wasn't as clearly drawn, I don't think. You know, a lot of your hard rock and heavy metal went hand in hand. That's why when, you know, it's it, technically a lot of these newer bands, they call them the new wave of traditional metal. But I call it the new wave of traditional hard rock and metal. Because, right. you know, 
some of them aren't exactly metal, but they're still rocking. It's you know, it's kind of like people debating on Van Halen. Was Van Halen metal? I kind of like Ian's answer. Big rock. They were definitely heavy though. I mean, again, and they gave birth to the whole Sunset Strip scene. Mm. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. So that's a you know. fact. You know what? I I just kind of wonder. I mean, what kind of what kind of dirt? Could Ace have on these guys? What are they going to say? Paul Stanley's gay. I mean, that rumor's been going around forever. Well, look, man. Gene Simmons banged fat chicks. We've heard that before, too. Well, yeah. And look, Ace Ace said a few things in his book. I've read all four of the guys' books. And, uh, um, you know, but I got to say, out of all of them, his was the one that didn't. I mean, God, man. The other ones were kind of just ruthless. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think Ace is, you know, I know people are going, oh, you're just defending him because you're a blue Kool-Aid drinker. No, dude, but it's just the truth. Ace is taking it on the chin over and over and over and over. I mean, he'll say a few things from time to time, but most of the time he's like, you know, he, he, he doesn't say anything. He laughs it off. I think he's just tired of it, dude. I think he's just fucking tired of it, man. I mean, you know, because here's what's why don't we get to the true brass tacks of things, you know? Because you know they want to change the narrative, like, well, they Ace had two chances, he blew it, but no, no. Number one, Ace never got fired. You fucks, he quit. He quit. He left twice. Yeah. He left. Okay, so and 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 let's be honest, the Mr. first Simmons, time was because he didn't like the elder. He didn't like the direction the band was taking. Well, it's, and I think he felt. And I think he kind of felt not only that he was fucking struggling with drugs and alcohol. And even though he continued to struggle with them, even after kiss, he flat out told his lawyer, I'm going to die. If I stick around, I'm going, I think ACE was very unhappy. I think he, let's be honest, man. It was fucking two to one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was two to one every goddamn time, man. Cause Eric Carr didn't have a full vote. So, you know, I mean, and I, I think it was a lot of that. I think Ace just felt like, well, fuck, I'm not in the destiny of my career anymore. I'm not in control. I can't, you know. Um, so, but the, the fact of the matter is he left and it cost Gene and Paul a lot of money. And I don't think they've ever really, truly deep down forgiven him for that. That's the fucking real problem. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. They're pissed because he left them when they really, really needed him. They had to have Ace in there to get the full fucking money that uh, the deal that they got from Polygram. That was the deal. Why do you think they kept it a fucking secret for so fucking long, Bushy? Right. You know, come on. I mean, you know, let's let's just be real. Just be, just say it. Just say, yeah, I'm. I love Ace, but I'm fucking pissed at him. It still fucking pisses me off that they because you know, you, you know, I mean, dude. The way I look at it, if Ace wants to fucking tell it, tell it, fuck it. They don't, they don't fucking spare anything. They fucking let Pete, Gene and Paul let Peter and Ace have it every goddamn chance they get. And I think Ace has just had enough, man. I, I think he's just had enough, you know? I mean, personally, I think part of it's kind of, it's like, oh, fuck, you know, here are these guys. I, I grew up, they were my heroes, you know, and they're squabbling like a bunch of bitches, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I understand where Ace is coming from, man. I mean, because let's be honest, man. He doesn't talk as much shit as those guys do. He that's, just that's doesn't. True. And then you got like Peter. Peter just stays out all, out of all of it. All he? of it. Now, well, yeah, I think Peter had what he had to say when he wrote his book, which I'll tell you what, it was pretty brutal, though, man. I was like, fuck. It was brutal. His, it was very dark. His book was intense, dude. It was yeah. intense, man. It was a good read, but... 
again, I'm just sitting there going, Oh, I, I, wow. All right. You know, like, but he, I mean, he, he did, he, he threw them all under the bus, including Ace, man. So it's like, I think Ace is just kind of sick of it. You know, he's just tired of it. Maybe. And, uh, I guess we'll see. Cause as of current, which is uh 10, 18 PM Eastern standard time, April 3rd, there's been no apology issued. And there ain't going to be. No. So I'm curious what Ace is going to do. Uh, my prediction is Ace doesn't say anything. He doesn't go back on Eddie Trunk to release this brutal information. That's you my prediction. You think he'll chicken out, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think he will. Yeah, he might. He might. Because if he look, does, though, it's going to make him look even. A, well, if he gets offered a good, good amount of money, he'll come and play on the last show. Oh, he said that. He flat out said that. But they're going to have to pay me. Yes. And that's not going to happen. Dude, it's not going to happen. Ace is not going to play with Kiss. It's over. And personally, I want it to be over. Ace is doing fine on his own. He's doing fine. He doesn't really need Kiss. I mean, is he going to pack at the huge, huge arenas like he did? No, of course not. But believe me, every time I went to see Ace live, man, it's been a large crowd. He's Ace fucking Fraley, dude. Oh, yeah. You know, and, 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 and he's putting out content. He's putting out new stuff. I don't really, I mean, look, look, if Paul could still sing, then yeah, sure, it'd be a hoot to see him back together one more time. But dude, he can't. Right. I mean, you know, everybody thinks I'm just anti-kiss because of the scab shit. No, I'm anti-kiss now because Paul fucking can't sing. And, 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 and okay, hey, you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us, okay? We, we, we fucking get old. And when you get old, there's just some, some, some things you just can't do like you could when you were a young person. I understand that. I'm not, you know... But what pisses me off about Paul is, again, oh, well, Ace's skills have eroded. Peter's skills. If you can't do it, just get off the stage. Just quit. Well, Mr. Stanley, Stanley Eisner, a.k.a. Paul Stanley, look in the fucking mirror, dude. Yeah. Look in the fucking mirror because you ain't got it no more, bro. I'm I'm sorry, man. It's just a fucking fact. And all you kiss fuckers out there want to get mad at Metal Mind. That's fine. Get pissed at me. I don't give a fuck. It's the truth. You know, a lot of those guys, even Ozzy's not as good a singer as he used to be. Let's be real about it. I mean, I don't think his voice is as bad as Paul's, but Ozzy, I mean, that's one reason why he has the band that he has now arrange the songs differently because he can't perform some of those songs live like he did back in the day. Of course, I guess it's a moot point. Ozzy's pretty much retired now. He might do a special show here and there, but dude, all these guys are getting older. I mean... And and some people are lucky. Like Glenn Hughes can still belt it out, can still belt it out. It amazes me, but not a lot of them can, dude. And there's no shame in that. But it's just what bothers me about Paul is, it's like, dude, quit, just shut up, just shut the fuck up. I really, they all just need to shut the fuck up. Really, I mean, it's like it's like your boy D. Snyder, dude. Just shut up, man. Oh God, for real. You know, like I mean, I remember when I read his book. I loved his book. But now I'm just like, D, I love you, man, but please just shut the fuck up. You know, I mean, it's so clear that he's bitter that his band imploded. Well, you know, part of that was on you, Mr. Snyder. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and that's not taking anything away from no, him. Or, or the, up into the whole hair metal thing. I mean, come on, Love Us for Suckers was supposed to have been a solo album. What direction was D trying to go? No, no, sure. was a good band. I mean, they're a good, solid, heavy band. I, you know, well, what? I think Widowmaker was very, they, 
Yeah, Widow. Wid, I think uh, in uh, under any other time period, Widowmaker would have been much bigger than they were. It just wasn't what people were wanting at the time. Real. You know, the masses. I mean, I I liked it, but you yeah, know. I dug it too. But but you uh, know, whatever. We'll see what happens with Ace. Uh, I don't think anything will happen, but hey, probably not. It's, but it's kept, I, it's I, I ain't gonna lie though, man. I'll get my fucking popcorn. I'm gonna get my popcorn if he does. Oh yeah, for yeah. real. Because I mean, let's be honest, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like I believe some of the stories I've heard about Gene and women. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't been canceled with the whole Me Too thing. Oh yeah, for real. You know. I mean, oh, ooh, we're going to cancel a 75 year old man. Right. It, well, really, you know me, I hate the whole concept of canceling people anyway, especially for something that they may have done when they were a young person and was fucking stupid. And, you know, you know, it was like the morons that tried to cancel Metallica because, you know, Stranger Things got, you know, you know, Stranger Things, you know. Master Puppets got big So then you had a bunch of these I guess young fucks That went into their history And was literally trying to cancel them Which of course it didn't work No, Because you're talking about the biggest metal band Of all time probably Between them and Maiden that argument's fair Yeah I mean let's just be real about it Um, uh, I think for a while there In the 90s Pantera took the crown From Metallica But uh, with the things that happened with Pantera And then of course Metallica Um Getting kind of back on track Uh yeah they're they're They are They're the biggest metal band They're the biggest draw I mean I know Maiden You you can make that argument for Maiden But I I, I think Metallica's bigger I don't know I don't know but that's a conversation for another time That'd be an interesting, yeah. uh, interesting topic Of conversation But we're here to talk about what really matters man We're here to talk about Rock and Pod Excellent <laughs> Oh man, what a great yeah. time! What a great time! Now, me, I, I was there, not only on time but early. Metal Mike was there, not only not on time but late. Um, <laughs> for for setup, I mean for setup, not for the event. But no, it was cool to see that it was a different of you know different venue, much like the first couple were. The venue was a monster. I loved it. I think Just I'm hoping Chris long. uses this next year. I hope that's the regular place. I mean, they had a really good turnout, so I'm thinking it'll probably be there again. What are your thoughts, Bush? I would hope so. They did if they do it again. Survey um, on Facebook. I went ahead and filled out the survey, so they're already prepping for next year. Um, oh, did they have a survey? Is it too late to do it? I didn't see it. Oh, it's uh, well, you got to pay attention to Facebook sometime. Hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's I, on the Rock and Pod 2023 registered podcasters page. Oh, okay. So yeah, just click on the link, fill out the survey. I was able to do it from work. Will do. Just asking questions. You know, how many have you been to? Which was your favorite? You know, you know things like that. Uh, there was places where you could put in your input, what you liked, what you didn't like, things of that nature. I thought it was great. We were seated pretty close to Ricky Rackman, so I was able to go over there and BS with him a little bit, especially on setup day. I didn't have quite as much time on Rock and Pod day, uh, but that's because it's Rock and Pod, and he's busy with his stuff. We were busy with ours. But yeah, so we get we get there. I had my half of the table set up. I had our banners up, our stickers, all that cool stuff. Metal Mike came in and. We were able to get all his stuff set up. Thank God we both brought our uh, brought our boards with us because we found out that we needed to use just one, not both. 
Right, right. And it worked out. It worked out really well, you know. I mean, uh, so. It did, except I want to tell you people, we got to interview Craig Gass. Um, I did that interview because Metal Mike wasn't there yet. And um, which was cool because he interviewed him last time. But, uh, boy, I didn't have my volume turned up on my headphones, so I've really got the, the, the mic volume blasting. I've got to figure out a way to tone that down because, good God, it's loud. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day was a, a flying success. But I'll tell you what, we, we finished up set up, and we went to the hotel, you know, got into our room, and went right over to the East Side Bowl, the venue for the pre-party mixer, and that's when we finally got to meet uh, Mark Taylor and his wife, Diane, and Jerry Supe and his wife, whose name I can't remember, which sucks, and I'm sorry for that. But and Charles Trainer. Charles Trainer was there. It was good to, to meet Charles personally. He came all the way from Poland to hang out. It was it was great meeting all of them personally, you know. I mean, I've liked all those guys for a long time. I didn't realize Jerry was such a uh, a uh, I don't want to use the word fan, but like an admirer of mine. I mean, he even has a Metal Mike shirt. I'm like, whoa, how am I supposed to live up to that? I don't know, but thank you, Jerry. And uh, his wife was very, very sweet. Mark's wife was a total sweetheart. I loved her. Oh, yeah. Mark was fucking amazing, man. You know, I, I just got to say something right now, because I know sometimes I think people take Mark the wrong way. And you know how it is, with, especially with texting. You don't hear tone of voice. Yeah. And I think some dudes, Mark's a good good guy man he's a really good guy fucking awesome man like everybody bill said man man mark's fucking awesome i said i know right i you know and and i i, I kind of knew the real mark anyway i would like to think before i met him in person but yeah a fucking amazing guy cool dude down to earth and um you know what mark's got more sense and and than a lot of people give him credit for and we'll get into that later <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had more sense than you fucking did. Let me tell you that. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Well, I, all right, man. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, but so then after that, you know, of course, a lot of other people started to arrive. It took a while because uh, Bill met up with Brian Davis, of course, of the Damn Good Movies Memories podcast and a fellow DJ at that metalstation.com. Check him out every Wednesday night, the bad beat, I believe, from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, Did my you. plug. So, and his his lovely lady Lindsay, who was an absolute sweetheart. When I first meet her, she just runs up and hugs me. I've heard so much about you, and and I was like, I was kind of taken back by it because I wasn't expecting that warm of a greeting. She's like, I'm a hugger, man. I'm like, hey, that's all right, you know. So <laughs> right. very 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 sweet girl, and her and Brian just make a great couple. I couldn't be happier for Brian that he found somebody, man, because he's such a fucking amazing, awesome guy. I ran into Ian in the bathroom of all places, which was kind of weird and awkward. <laughs> and then, of course, you know the one and only Doctor Fuck. Um, it was just a great time. Verno, we ran into him. I don't think he was at the pre-party. We ran into him. Um. The next day at the I hung out with him a lot at the uh, at the expo venue. Yes, he was seated across from us. We were doing our setups at the same time. I didn't get to talk to him as much as I would have liked, though, man. It kind of bummed me out, man. But uh, he had a good Bruno's time. Good guy. He got to interview Rick Fox and then Rick Fox came over to me, which sucked because I was setting everything up and I talked to the dude for 20 minutes while I was setting up. But um, I am Facebook friends with him and he just told me to hit him up on Facebook. He'd come do the show. Oh, okay, cool. 
because he had some just in the 20 minutes I talked to him, he had you know some cool stories and he just jumps from topic to topic. It's not unlike talking to you. He you know, he would just jump from subject to subject. And he was kind of complaining about the five, 10 minutes and stuff. He's like, boy, I, but I go from here to here to here, <laughs> you know? So we'll have to have him on for a long form show. Yeah. But yeah, man, they did the, they did the rare hair thing. We were all still hanging out in the, uh, well, in the bar restaurant, whatever you want to call it before going back there. So we missed this, 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 what is it? The safaris or whatever it is. I didn't get to hear Wipeout and I really wanted to hear Wipeout. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they had that guitar player there that uh, you know was responsible for playing that. And like any rare hair performance, it's just different musicians jumping on, leaving, and such. And I had such a great time with this rare hair performance because they break into fucking poison, talk dirty to me, and I'll be dipped in shit. Sorry, I've been in the South too long. <laughs> if it's not Jack Gibson from Exodus up on stage playing bass. For poison, look what the cat dragged in. And Mark, the look over, not Mark, but look over Metal Mike's face of utter and sheer horror and disappointment was a glorious thing to behold. Because I fucking loved that performance. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and you'll hear in the interviews when we start releasing the interviews that I had to bring that up. And I really liked his response to it. I don't know if it was politic or if he was being real, but either way, it was really cool to hear him handle that, you know, handle him talking about having to be on stage playing Poison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, Metal yeah. Mike still can't say shit because one of his thrash heroes playing Poison. It was beautiful. Hey, you know, it fucking happens. He had a paid gig, man. I'm sure he, I'm sure he was like a prostitute. He just thought of the money. That's, you know, that's what I would have done. <laughs> um, but no, I hey, he's still fucking the man. I love that guy, and I'll tell you what, his version of that song is better than the fucking real band. Shots fired. Uh, so um, you know, yeah. Uh, but it was funny, man, because I was like, "Fuck this, I'm out," and everybody started laughing. And uh, and then afterwards, we uh, after the actual rock and pod, man, the dude who um, I think played in the place with the Black Crows was just jamming. Yeah, he was just jamming out in the, in the other hall because it was basically at a bowling alley that's got a big stage and club scene in the back. Yeah, you know, so we come out of the out of what I guess you would call the club into the bowling alley area, and they got a little stage there because when you go to Nashville, everybody has a stage. And yeah, one of the guitar players from the Black Crows is up on stage just a jamming. So we ended up hanging out there for a while watching this guy play. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name though, man. I'm having a hard time remembering what his name was. It. Oh, yeah, see, I, I don't remember either. I just know it was cool to see another guy on stage at some. And he fucking ripped, man. Like it was really good. It was really, really good, man. Um, I, I, I liked it. Let's just, Leslie Grant. I think was the guy. I think that was his name, but I can't. I don't. Damn it, I don't remember. Yeah, don't hold us to that. But that, I mean, that does sound right. Either way, I mean, that was. That was really, really cool. Right. It was. It was very cool. And, uh, um, you know, so we, we had a blast. And then after that, uh, the next day, we, we, you know, so we get back to the hotel, you know, um, fucking get up, get cleaned up, and head to the actual event itself, man. And, of course, we're seated right next to our buddies, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And, uh, you know. Uh, oh, and you know what? 
kudos to Chris and Tracy because they always seat me next to those guys. I've been seated next to them for years now. And uh, you know, you're starting the first year that I went as a podcast and I was there by myself because my co-host didn't show. Not Metal Mike, it was the last guy. But uh, right. You know, so, I, so I always get to sit and hang out with those guys. So that's always a good time. You know, there's always going to be ball busting going on. You know, got to bullshit with Baco a little bit, a little less than last time. And a lot of that has to do with a lot of people got Airbnbs this time, which may be something we do next time, uh, especially because the venue and the hotel aren't connected. You know, so if they're going to keep yeah. it like this, I think the Airbnb will be the better way to go. Oh, I think it'll be totally the better way to go. And what will be cooler about it, we can get a bigger place. And 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 if Bill Chip comes and other guys come, they can chip in, and it'll be cheaper for everybody. Right. You know. Um, and Bill told me the one they stayed at was awesome. It was a Johnny Cash themed bed and breakfast, and I didn't get to see it, but he showed me pictures, and it looked badass. Like there was photos of him with his mug shot, and like and just Johnny stuff everywhere, man. And you know Johnny Cash is the fucking man, so I would have been all about staying at that place. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, but yeah, cause I mean, man, that hotel bill, it wasn't no joke, dude. I was like, holy fuck did I feel like we got raped, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, even, uh, Chris, Chris and Aaron didn't stay there. Aaron stayed home. I think Chris said he actually got an Airbnb, you know, cause he doesn't live that far outside of Nashville, maybe 30 minutes or so. Right. But, uh, yeah, even he got an Airbnb and I was like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> right. I mean, I gotta be honest. I wish I'd known cause I would have went ahead and just you know, done that. Um, cause a lot of times when I do travel, I do go to Airbnbs. It's just cheaper and, and it's more like a home. It's just more comfortable to me. Um, you know, I mean, I can stay at a hotel. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, I would rather go to an Airbnb. I just like them better and they're cheaper. So yeah, you know, win, win. I've never stayed in one. I know I got nervous. I walked out on a patio. The patio was about two feet wide. You know, from front to back, we're on the seventh floor, and I do not like heights. And we're di directly above the pool that was fucking empty. And my knees started shaking. I got, like, very nauseated being up that high. I had to back the fuck up. I could not step on the patio all the way. <laughs> cold in Nashville. God, it was cold that day. But i tell you what, we did it right this time. We didn't schedule 4,000 interviews this time. So... I mean, we had a lot of time to enjoy the expo. Well, yeah, I actually got to see a few things and look around and even buy some vinyl. And I got to listen to a few of the, um, oh, what do you call that when they have a podcaster go on a stage and they'll do like, it's kind of like a live podcast, really. Yeah, the, the panel interviews. And the stuff. panel interviews. And, and yeah. th those were really cool, you know, and uh you know, Bill really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, Bildo did, you know, and of course, you know, OCD. DJ from that metal station.com. He, he was there too. And, um, see what I did there. And, um, yeah, uh, we, we had so much fun. And of course my good friend who I had known since fucking middle school, Jason Reith, he brought his buddy, uh, uh, dirt. <laughs> I can't remember his real name. Everybody just calls him dirt, man. Poor guy. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, the, and they had a great time and it was just a lot of laughs, man. You know, Brian and Leslie was there. Like I said, Mark and his wife, Jerry and his wife, Charles trainer, cool motherfucker. That dude's um, yeah. I mean, he likes Oasis. I'm not going to hold that against him. Oh, I do. Uh, 
But uh, but and also he was talking some madness when he said that because uh, oh that's something. That, well, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later because I wanted I want this to be linear as much as much as possible. So sure. yeah, we you know so yeah we got to look around and 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 you know uh, yeah, talk with other people. I got a. Uh... I tried to get cherry picked for a different radio station. That was cool. That was cool. It's, you know, it's good to know people uh, want me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Alan Tate. <laughs> What's his radio station called? A to, a to Z Radio. A to Z Radio, huh? A to now, Z, did, play everything. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. A but to no, Z radio. That was just cool. Alan Tate, you know, veteran, Charles Trainer, veteran. So I, I have a special kinship with these guys and love bullshit with them anyway. Um, you know, but you know, I was able to go bullshit with Matt Porter a little bit and I, I didn't have enough time to talk to him, I don't think, at all last year. You know, so right, right. Matt this year, like I said, I was able to talk to Baco and LC. I'd actually never even spoken to LC. You know, yeah, I met LC. I finally got to meet LC uh this year, actually. It was at the hotel. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, really cool dude. Baco, awesome as always, but I didn't really get to, I I got to talk to him a bit, but not as much as I would have liked. Right. Um, Still, it was really cool. Um, well, I think a lot of that is because not everybody was staying at the hotel, you know, so it wasn't like previous years where everybody's right there in the same spot. So it's like impossible to not see these folks so that so that was different i'm not going to say it was bad i'm just going to say it was different um ralph and ian we didn't get to hang with as much because normally i end up the night you know partying in their room they mm-hmm. go that way this year but that's okay i know our interviews didn't start to what like one o'clock 1 30 something like that yes yeah yeah we had the whole morning to just relax talk to people walk around see what was going on you know look at all the different van, uh you know vendors they had a like a comic con type thing going on the next day so those people were there that day you know i saw chicks cosplaying as you know jedis you know playing with lightsabers and such that was cool uh the bar was ridiculous expensive mm, yes it was <laughs> this was the first year i did not bring my cooler with me i will never make that mistake again <laughs> right because I was relatively sober for this rock and pot. You were, you were, man. Friday night I got tore up, you know, hanging yeah. out. Well, we night. all did. I think yeah. even I was feeling it, you know. Yeah, we had a good time, but, but you know, that's the that's the meet and greet, basically. That's the mixer where the whole purpose in life is to get plowed and have fun, and boy, we did that. But but the the day itself, once we started doing our venue or our. our our interviews, I thought they went really smooth. There was one, in my opinion, that I just felt wasn't going well, and it's our shortest interview. And it, I, I guess it's just because the guys, they almost seem disinterested, which is fine. They don't know who the hell we are. Uh-huh. But it didn't seem like it was going well, and I purposely cut that one short. Which one uh, was that? The Native Sons interview. Oh, yeah, I just I didn't feel that one was going well, and I don't it's know. It's a shame because I think the interview we did last time with them was a much better interview, but the fucking sound quality was horrible. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. But like, I do like the new have, record. I got the new record, and I do like it. It's good. They yeah, were nice. I have nothing against the guys. It just seemed like I have something else to do, you know, something of that nature. And they were pretty early in the day, so. 
I don't know if they were road weary already or what, mm-hmm. but for me, it just felt like it was going bad. So I cut it a little bit short, you know, so that one's only like an eight minute uh, interview. But we got to talk to uh, we got to talk to them, which was you know a delight. It just felt bad. Hmm. See, uh, I didn't get that vibe at all, man. I was, I told them how much I liked the new album, and you know how much I mean. I don't know. I'd have to listen to the interview again, maybe. And I I got obviously I will when I listen to this episode, um, or you know future episodes. I don't know how you're going to lay all this out, but um, you know, I I I do think we did have a much more um, fruitful discussion the first time i interviewed him which as i said i just wish the audio quality on that interview was better because the discussion was cool right there were some things i didn't know like i didn't realize it but that album had just came out like literally had just dropped so and that kind of sucks because i would have liked to have asked him a few more questions about it but i only got to listen to a couple of tracks man yeah um, so I kind of know what you're saying. It was like, well, fuck, man, I'm kind of running out of things to ask, you know? Well, that's so. like when we interviewed Blackwood later, which is another, mm-hmm. you know, new band. I they, thought they were fucking cool, though. They man. were a great interview. And it, it's weird because I had to tell them. You know, I think I had to tell them I didn't know their music. Right. But they were all right with it, you know? Yeah, because yeah, I was just trying to get information out. Hey, I've never heard your shit. So talk to me like I'm stupid kind of thing. And they I, were, I think they got a kick out of that though. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were super cool about it. The the singer looks like a preppy dude. I mean, he had on a shirt with a sport coat on, you know, not looking very rock and roll at all. But they gave us their uh, EP. And I got to tell you, man, there's such a cool Sabbath vibe on this fucking album. That I really dig it. It's just a five-track EP that uh, came in the grab bag. I don't know if you look through that Blackwood grab bag, but there's a there's an EP CD in there, man, and it's fucking great. I'll have to look, dude, because I don't. I, I see the Martin Montick that, but you know, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But I don't know, dude. I, because I, I do want to hear that that record, man. And you know, again, though, it just goes to show you, like as I said, my brother thinks that it would be cool if you had a guy, a band that looked like um they worked for IBM and just fucking came up on stage and ripped ash, you know? Because he's like, well, you know, everybody's got like, you know, you got your glam metal has a look and your thrash metal guys have a look, you know? And he goes, and now everybody's tattooed up and everything. He goes, I think it'd just be kind of fucking cool to see a bunch of dudes that look like businessmen just fucking go up on stage and kick ass. I was like, yeah, it would be kind of me you know and yeah. what's weird well, is there are bands like bellacore from australia that that do look like that and these guys look like that they look like they could have worked at a fucking you know yeah i mean the drummer had long hair you could tell he was you know you could tell he was rock and roll uh the singer very short hair very nicely done you know uh like i said had on a i think it was a black t-shirt and a like a black jacket had a cool necklace on i think he was wearing jeans and sneakers you know for god's sakes but when I got home, I opened up the grab bag and there was a CD in there. I was like, oh, well, let me check this out. And I was like, holy fuck, these guys are great. And I know you'll dig it because you love Sabbath. In fact, because uh, I'll play another track when we do the Blackwood interview. But mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and play you The Witch right now. This is Blackwood The Witch.
Strong, strong Sabbath vibes. Uh, Metal Mike. Well, I like what I'm hearing already, man. You know me. I love my Sabbath. So um. Yeah, these guys are pretty good. But that was a great interview. We had a good time with them. Yeah, um, they were really cool guys, man. They were really cool guys. Oh, yeah. Of course, we got to talk to Jack Gibson of Exodus again. That was a fun conversation. I thought this interview went a lot better than the last one. Uh, I kind of stepped back on the last one. And in the last yeah. I've been listening to a lot more Exodus, so I felt a little more comfortable talking with them. Yeah. Also, I think, let's be honest. I mean, I, I tried hard not to, but I was almost like Chris Farley. You remember you remember when you, that was awesome, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> which I, I made that joke with uh, the, the recent interview I did with uh, They Watch Us From The Moon, because I'm like, one of the reasons why I like interviewing newer bands is because of the fact that I can, I'm I'm not, I don't suddenly turn into Chris Farley with that. You, you know what I mean? Because yeah. also, like I said, I like to shine a spotlight on the newer bands, man. So, I mean, Blackwood's a band. I might even reach out and see if maybe they could want to do another interview with us sometime. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And I think after you hear the whole CD, you'll be like, yep, we got to talk yeah. to these guys. Yeah. They were really cool. Um, uh, Jack uh, Gibson was awesome. He was real personable. And for whatever reason, it's like we got pictures with the celebs after we interviewed them. We didn't with Jack Gibson, so we had to catch him later. I caught Jack out, outside when I was having. Uh, so did I. So did I. And you know the other thing I hate myself for is we 
Well, I think we did get some sound bites from some of them, though, didn't we? For the for the uh, Native Sons, we did. Oh, I thought I thought Jack Gibson did one for us too, but maybe he didn't. This time, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, you'll find out when you listen to the yeah. interview. I've had a lot of alcohol since then. I I understand, Bushy. Um, we talked to Martin Motnick again from uh what a total classy gentleman isn't he that guy is fucking amazing he's a total sweetheart man probably one of my favorite interviews just because he's such a down-to-earth nice guy you know um we we discussed last time we had talked to him he had you know given us that cd of his and he's like well i have a new one which one do you have and uh, (laughs) i know right he said he would bring it back and, you know, I, you know, shoo, shoo, whatever, you know, to be nice if you do kind of thing in my head. I said, oh, you know, that's great. But we were interviewing Courtney Cronin Dold, and he snuck up behind us and gave us each one that he signed. Right. I did he, not expect that, man. No, not at all. And he even kind of shushed me, put his finger over his lips, you know, and shook his hands like, don't worry about it. Because he didn't want to interrupt the interview. Right, right. So Again, total class act, done. man. Exactly. Because as soon as we were done with Courtney, I saw him breaking down his area and I ran right over to him and shook his hand and, you know, hey, thanks and talked to him for another five minutes or so. And Courtney, she was a great interview. The Eddie Ojeda was was a dream come true. You know, that was, it was a whole lot of fun talking to Eddie Ojeda because that was the guy. Oh, I, yeah. I thought we wouldn't get him. Because if you ask me, that was the big ticket draw was Eddie Ojeda. Apparently, I I was blown away that we got him. I was fucking blown. I didn't think we had a prayer. Yeah, me neither. And, you know, what's really cool is my friend Jason Reith, he took a picture of us while we were interviewing. And if you look at the photo, I'm I'm grinning from ear to ear because I'm like, I I can't believe I'm fucking interviewing this guy. You know, it's like. It's fucking. I mean, because he was one of my heroes when I was a kid, man. It's fucking Twisted Sister, you know, so that was really cool. When I posted a picture, uh, the after picture of us with him, someone had uh, posted on my uh, Facebook page underneath that picture, holy shit, you're living the dream, aren't you? I was like, well, fuck yeah, I am, and that's why I go to this thing. My only regret is because Metal Mike brought out 47 records for this guy to sign. I did not. I only brought out three now. Now, and I I had four with me I wanted him to sign, plus I wanted him to sign my damn back patch. He would have signed them. But I just went ahead and have him had him sign my Twisted Sister live uh, CD or album. And what was so cool about that is he's looking at that and he's like, holy shit. I forgot this was a double album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but, I am sorry about that, though, dude. I, I thought, you know, I, I just assumed you was going to have him sign all your shit. You know, I, I'm sorry that you're such a pussy that you didn't have enough guts to ask him. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I figured after you brought out like the discography 17 times over, I'd... I did not. I had him sign my copy of You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. I had him sign my friend Kelly's husband copy of my, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. I had him sign Mark's copy of Under the Blade. I didn't have his entire discography because then I would have had to have him sign that shitty fucking, you know, uh, come out and play that only has like two good fucking songs on it. Boy, you are so wrong there. Come on, dude. The fire still burns. The fire still burns rules. You got to admit that. That's the best song on the fucking record. The best? Yes. That song rules, dude. And these vocals and shit. So it's amazing. That song rules. Uh, Tell you what. We'll have to do a deep dive on that record. It's been so long since I've actually listened to the whole thing. I might even change my mind. 
You never know. I like Be Cruel to Your School. I like fucking the title track. And I love the that. title track ain't bad. Be Cruel to Your School. I don't know, man. It was all right, but I. I was ex- I I guess I was just you know because of the first three records I was just expecting a heavier record and we didn't really get that dude it's it's kind of sketchy in spots for me you know again timelines everything yeah, yeah. I am older than you but I got that album for Christmas I was so excited Bush you gotta understand man Twisted Sister at that point in time was one of my favorite bands man and I was so excited to get that album and when I got it it was like oh. See, for a band that only has five records, yeah, five, right? Under the blade, can't stop rock and roll, stay hungry. Yeah, yeah. For a band that only has five records, plus a Christmas record that is not in my top favorite albums. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know how much I love Christmas. Uh, They're they're still my number two band, Twisted Sister. And and that's all well and good. I, I don't rank them that high, but I, hey, don't get it twisted. Pun intended. I love me some twisted yeah, sister, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, but um, you know, yeah, no, that, Eddie was a great interview. He was very forthcoming. I mean, j- just a great all-around nice guy. And it, it was fun to hear that New York accent. Oh, yeah, it was great, man. You know, he's and he was such a classy guy. So so, you know, because I did feel a little like, man, I'm having him sign three records. Like, But I would have paid him if, if he had, had asked me, you know, like, because he was going, he was over there on his own. And, and and I think people were paying him to sign shit. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think so. So, you well, know. See, had I, I thought about it when I interviewed um, Michael Sweet, I would have had him sign at my table as opposed to going to his table. But I went to his table because I wanted to talk to him. And I figured if you throw money in his face, you know, he might spend a little more time. And he did. Yeah. Even though I had a sit down with him, you know. Right, right. He was a real nice guy, though, you said. Dude, he was an absolute sweetheart. He made Nevaeh's day. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, so because he made sure to go out of his way to say hi to her. Um, Earlier, though, when we were mentioning Jack Gibson, because like with Martin Montick, if you remember the last time we went to the Rockin' Pod, you know, Jack had that that outlaw country project of yes. his Coffin Hunter. And I said, man, I'd really like to hear it. Where can I find it? Oh, I'll bring it to you. And I, you know, I was like, oh, OK, cool. Not thinking. Sure shit. He drove all the way home. Of course, he lives in Tennessee and got me a copy that has like a booklet that tells a comic book story and everything. And that. that you know, that means the fucking world to me. He signed my Exodus album. I should have had him sign this, too. But he's just a really cool guy, man. And and so's Martin. And they're both bassist. Yeah, yeah. And they both play in awesome bands. Because fucking Acceptor badass, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were both just great interviews. They were fun. They were, you know, very back and forth. Like, I've decided I never want to interview that guy from um, The Misfits ever. And I'm not talking about Glenn Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Doyle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you interview him before? Yeah. No, no, I've never interviewed him. Oh, okay. But if you ever want to have some fun, look up the interview that uh, Baco did with him. What a fucking, oh, yeah? train. what a train wreck. Oh, that bad, huh? Dude. Wow. Is it on a, is it, is it on YouTube or would I have to look it up on their face or on their website? I can go to Podbean or whatever. Cause that's where I listen to most of my stuff is Podbean. Okay. But it's well, there. I've- and it's bad. I'm subscribed to their podcast on my podcast attic app on my phone. I listen to them guys from time to time. They're funny. Oh yeah. 
They've yeah. done, apparently they've done a thing on I, I want to listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet. I've downloaded it where they where they talk about Kiss Asylum. And uh I don't know. I get the feeling though, without hearing it, that they're not really a big fan of that record. Am I correct in that assumption? I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know that they're really KISS fans anyway. I thought they were. I don't know. They talk an awful lot of shit. Yeah. Well, maybe. And I mean, I mean, Kiss. Well, I don't know. Baco band that lends himself to talking shit. Yeah, Although he's a fan of the Elder. Yeah, and he did write an article about the his top Kiss albums or songs or something, man. And it was pretty lengthy, you know. So I mean, anybody would devote that much time to writing a fucking article about Kiss. I mean, they have to be a fucking fan, dude. Right. You know, I'm pretty maybe, sure Baco maybe, maybe is. Maybe he a just fan. says the things he says to uh, be contrarian. Well, you know how he is, man, and and you know, um, and yeah, I I I I've noticed that too sometimes. But hey, I mean, you know, again, it's his opinion, you know. Sure. So, Botko's a good he guy, also though, man. Is pathetic, uh, pathetically subjective. Yes, yes, yes. So he's in he good company. Courtney Cronin Dole, she was a lot of fun. Now I've been able to meet her, but I've never been able to talk to her. So it was fun to be able to actually sit down and talk to her for a minute. Right. And and she was with us for quite a while. I think it was her and the lady before her that were our two longest interviews of the day. Although Eddie went a little over too. Yeah, she was a total sweetheart. And the thing that was really funny about her is when we went to the the next day when we went to the kiss thing, the the you know where they and and she was part of that. There was a moment where I was talking to Don, you know, and I took a photo of him. And you know, Don's a very approachable guy. Don Jameson, folks from yes. that metal show, a very funny man. Um, I've met him that well, I interviewed him at the last rock and pop yes. and then this year I, and I tried to get him again. Um, and then this year, but I did, we didn't, but you know, I saw him, I was like, Hey Don, you know, and, and he remembered me because I saw him with, um, uh, he opened up for, uh, 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 Oh, uh, the dead daisies. And, yes. and of course, you know, Glenn Hughes was there and that's why I went because I'm a huge Glenn Hughes fan. I just love, I think he's an amazing bass player and I love his voice, you know? So I was like, fuck yeah, man, I want to go see this. Yeah. I didn't even know Don was going to be there. And then when he was, and after the show, I came up to him and I was like, Hey dude, we just saw each other a few weeks ago and at the rock and pod. And he, and when I told he's like, yeah. So he, he signed a poster for me and he put to DJ metal Mike, keep a pod and, you know, and, uh, but just a real class. And we were just talking about Glenn and like, man, the dude's unreal. Like, how do you fucking like the dude? He goes, he snorted more Coke than Ozzy or at least just as much. And he still has his voice where a lot of them old guys don't, you know, I mean, they right. may still be able to sing, but not to the level. Like Glenn sounds like he just like he did when he in 19 fucking 73, yeah. dude. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of unreal. It's like, wow. Um, but you know, but then Courtney comes up and goes, "Honey, Metal Mike, honey, I hate to interrupt you, but I need John or I need Don right here." And it happened again with somebody else. I was talking to him, and she had to interrupt. You know, and she goes, I, "She goes, I keep making a habit of this. I'm so sorry." And I was like, "No, Courtney, no worries, man. You got a show to put on. I get it. You know, <laughs> yeah." She's such a sweet lady and very funny lady too, man. Really enjoyed talking to her. Oh, big time. But uh, the reason I want to end here with Rock and Pod is because um, this interview that I'll play once we're done with the whole three-day event, I wanted to cancel it. I was hearing nothing but bad things about this certain celebrity. I mean, uh, 
you know, I, I heard for lack of a more pleasant term, she was being a bitch. She was pissed off. Just prima all, donna, basically. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of bad information. And um and I gotta say, it turned out to be our best fucking interview. Yeah, I mean, she it was awesome. Being our best interview, and that was uh, the lovely BB Buell. Now we had to basically sign a disclaimer uh, before we even accepted the interview that we could not talk about her Playboy stint, which sucks because that's really all I knew about her, other than ooh, she's Liv Tyler's mom. Well, I, I didn't really mind so much because I wasn't really going to ask her about oh, wow. any of that. For me, it was not about, I mean, I knew she was a playmate. I know that. It's standard knowledge to anybody who's into the history of Rotten. I just wanted to ask her. She's at the mansion, you know, that that's the stories I wanted to hear. Yeah, well, that's because you're a fucking perv, dude. And so am I, but... um. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just, for me, it was just more like, I mean, here's a gal who, dude, I mean, you heard her. She saw the fucking stones. How many times are you fucking kidding? I've never even seen the stones once. Right. I am going to get to see another great legacy act this year, man. Clapton's coming to St. Louis and we already got our tickets. Me and Bildo did. Because right. I've never seen Eric Clapton live. So I'm like, and that's one of my bucket list bands. And, uh, yeah, uh. I yeah. definitely want to uh, go see her um, or him. I should say, yeah. sorry. I got her on the brain. Cause my dog keeps whining at me. But anyway, BB Buell, I, I tried to cancel. I couldn't find Chris. I couldn't find Tracy. I'm trying to find every way out of this. I can, I talked to Camaro <laughs> Camaro gave me some ideas and I said, okay. And I came back to metal Mike and said, all right, look, this is how we can handle this. And if it's going sour, I'm just going to cut the fucking interview. And dude, we were there for 17, 18 minutes talking to her and we were only, allotted, we were it only was, allotted 15, you know, we, and, it was one of the best conversations we had, man. And she was very friendly. And uh, I mean, once we just started talking music, man, boom, it was on. Yeah. It and was, that's what was cool see, about it. it was three music lovers connecting with each other. Yes. Or two music lovers connecting with this other music lover. And that's what was fucking cool about it. Now man. she did, she did trip me up at the very end. She's like, well, is there anything else you want to know? And I'm hemming and because I really wanted to hit that Playboy question hard. And she said, come on, just ask me. So I just had to come out with some lame-ass question real quick. But she gave a very, you know, polite, you know, great answer. Because I wanted to know if Steven Tyler was actually a nice guy. Is he really a dick like I've heard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she said he's his be her, their best friend. She's like, it didn't work as, as far as a relationship thing. But, you know, and it's probably because Steve probably sticks his pipe in every fucking thing he could you know, anything with the pulse. I mean, come on, you know, oh, yeah. I've heard the story and, and look, you know, at the end of the day, it's really easy to judge something, but you know, you're not in their play. What would you do if you were a fucking rock star and you were adored by all these women? Come on, come Absolutely. on. Yeah. You know, let's be real. It's like, you know, Hugh Hefner, come on. Give oh, me yeah. a fucking break. You know? Yeah. We know what went on. I just want to hear it from the horse's mouth, but I'm telling <laughs> you, it was, it was, it was our, it was our best interview of the day. Um, all those other guests were great in their own right, but holy shit, the one I was scared to do that I was trying to back out of ended up being our best interview. It really did, man. It really did. That's we're going to talk. Uh, that's what I'm going to play at the end of this episode is that interview. You'll get the BB Buell interview. We finish up rock and pod and then disaster fucking strikes. <laughs> 
Okay, so the after party thing. I mean, first of all, we have to break down all our gear and drive it all the way back to the hotel so that we can get all the way back to Bowie's, which is a cool club. Bowie's in Nashville. And because uh, it's Kill Fest 2. Now, look, last time we saw Ron Keel, he did the last part of the rare hair, but he did an all acoustic show and it fucking rocked. An acoustic show rocked. Yeah. So I was excited to see this. I have a Kill record or two. I know I have all of his Kill stuff digitally, but I have one or two Kill albums. And they're pretty decent. And I, I admittedly like that song because the night. I really do. Mm-hmm. But he started off with the wrong Kill band stuff, and it just seemed like it was ballad after ballad after ballad. Well, here you go, man. Like, okay, first you had the opening. Well, I guess there was a band before that. We got there a little late, I guess. Yes, and we then saw there was fifth. We didn't see the band before that, right? And, and they were okay, but they weren't nothing to ride home to mama about. You know what I mean? Well, the, the sound guy needs to be fired. Yeah, they were terrible. Like Mark Alden Taylor was absolutely right. They sounded better outside. If you went outside and they had outside speakers, it sounded better outside than it did inside. Yeah. And um, so we're all there. It. And I have their album. And I went back and listened to it. I actually played a song <laughs> after coming back from Rock Pod. I played a song by the Fifth to see if it was any good, and I must have picked the wrong one because it was not. <laughs> Um, I haven't listened to the whole record, so I'm not going to judge that band. I'm going to judge the sound guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, but they weren't horrible, dude. They just, no. you know, I got to be honest with you. It didn't really grab me. But well, you know, it I was, was more glammy rock than. than, but, than, than uh, look, I don't mind glam rock or glam metal, as you know. I, it was I gotta, more poisony than it was. Yeah, again, I, I, yeah, and you might be right. I, I just, I didn't. It didn't really grab me, but I mean, again, I was kind of tired. I got to be honest with you. The energy, they look like they were having a good time. The singer, I I will give the singer this, that motherfucker could sing. And I'm going to go back and re-listen to that record because I'm I'm telling you I'm blaming the sound guy. Right on, man. But then Kill comes on and he's just doing all these fucking ballads. Now, look, I like ballads. But I was ready to go. Then he goes off stage, Ron does. He comes back out. He's got this trench coat on. He's got his bald head showing. His motherfucker looks metal as fuck. And he breaks out with the mob rules. And dude, that crushed. It absolutely crushed. And I went, I don't know if it was Charles or if it was Jerry. I don't know who it was I went to. It may have even been Ian. Because I said, if this guy puts the cowboy hat back on, I'm fucking out of here. Kills the mob rules, goes backstage, comes back out with his cowboy hat on, loses the trench coat, back to looking like Urban Cowboy. And it's just more ballads. Yeah. Well, like I said, he well, first there's the Ron Keel band, which I was not familiar with that at all, but I did not care for all of it. It was real, I ain't gonna lie, it was wimpy fucking bullshit, man. It was just wimpy bullshit. And like you said, a bunch of ballads. Like, look, I don't mind a ballad, you know, from time to time, but... My God. And then even when he got into the keel, like the stuff that I grew up on, keel and Steeler, he only did like he did Speed Demon. They did a killer job on but Mob Rules, though. That that was amazing. Mob and Rules me, yeah. was worth the standout. Yeah, and it, I started going, fuck yeah. You know, I'm like, all right, he's doing that cut as a cover. He's letting us know, all right, he ain't messing around. He's gonna fucking start rocking. And they played Speed Demon, which was cool. And they played that one Steelers song because you had the fucking intro, which dude did a good job aping uh, uh, 
parodying uh, Ingve. And uh, but then it well, went right back to fucking balance again. Abby Kay's like, guitar player, dude. Huh? That was Abby Kay's guitar player. Oh, okay. Well, he's. Oh, that, okay. That, yeah. I, yeah, we talked to him while they were on the road up to Philly to do a show. Remember? That's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So we know he's a standout guitar player, but somewhere in there, all of a sudden you couldn't hear his solos anymore, and you even right. had people pointing to the guitar, pointing to his ears. Pointing up, turn the shit up. The sound guy was horrible. So even if it was rocking, you couldn't fucking tell. All I heard was and and, and that may have been part of the problem too. You know, maybe because like I like I said, I it almost made me think. Well, maybe the Steeler and Keel albums weren't as good as I thought they were. You know, but because I got to be blunt about it, I've never been a huge Keel fan. We had those early records. We did like them. We did listen to them. But Keel has never been in my Fuck, I don't even think they're in my top fifty, Bush. Let alone, I don't, I don't think so either. I know they're they're a, a you know a decent band that I dig some songs from. Right, I I oh, I but, mean I respect Ron and and I respect the fact the way he the way he goes about self promoting is amazing. I mean, but I don't know, man. Guy, but I'm like yeah. down the ballads, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Um, I have heard, you know. Well, I don't know if I should say on here. We'll 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 talk about it off mic. But um, I've heard some stories too that he can be very moody. You know. Well, who can't be moody? Fuck, I can. Well, be- I'm just saying, dude. Alex Keel Fest was Mark Taylor left. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was the only one that showed any fucking real brains, man. Mark was like, "Fuck this." At he goes, "Fuck this shit, guys. Deuces, I'm out." He literally said deuces to me and left, and I'm going. Fuck, man! This guy's got more sense than you know. Maybe, got maybe, yeah. Every, everybody, but you know, that's what I mean. Everybody bust Mark T- Alden Taylor's chops, but I'm like, he was the he bailed, man. He got the fuck out of there. He okay. got off the Titanic before it sank. He, he got off the Hindenburg. Ralph was waiting for a particular song. I wanted to bail so fucking bad, but yeah. Well, you know, you know, here's the thing. Mind, like, I want to hear Steeler, and it's like, okay, well, ooh, they're finally on. We got three good rocking songs, and right back to fucking ballads. And I was like. And what did I do when they played the ballad? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. You finally left? <laughs> no, before that. No, I don't. I fucking threw my arms up. I fucking snapped, man. And <laughs> I had no idea. You know, I, I mean, because I was in front of you guys. I turn around and Ralph and Ian and Charles are just dying. They're dying. They're like, man, oh, Mike's fucking had enough. I'm like, no, I, I can't take this anymore. It was like, I mean, it was, it was like, you know, like Mark Alden Taylor got off the Hindenburg, Hindenburg before it burst into flames. You know, oh, he oh. got off the Titanic, man. Like, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not going to shit all over Ron Keel because he played a no. fucking acoustic set. He rocked it acoustically. It was just him, his acoustic guitar. After all those fucking hard rock things happened last year. Yeah. He got on a stage, just him and a guitar and fucking crushed. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the guy's talented, dude. Um, I got to admit, I don't care for Ron Keel band at all. I mean, that was just did, did nothing for me. But like, if I remember the acoustical stuff, he did a lot of his classic stomps, but like unplugged. I had not a problem with that. Right. You know what I mean? But this was bad, dude. This was not good. And I, and I feel horrible saying that. Like, I don't want to bash on Ron and, you know, I mean, I, but yeah, Keel Fest was a huge fucking disappointment, man. It was a it was a fucking tragedy. It was a it was a disaster. It was um 
I mean, I, I'm thinking about, you know, I told Brian Davis because him and his gal decided to go have uh, dinner with Sonny Pooney, you know, from Rock All Over You podcast. And, and I can't remember the other fellow's name. Real nice guy. Sonny they they had not from Rock All Over You. Not Rock All Over You. Uh, um, the fuck are they called? Rock All Over You, of course, is Edwin and uh, Eric. Uh, Eric, but uh, Growing Up Rock. Oh, yeah. Growing Up Rock. And they got a pretty good podcast. Um, real, real nice guys. Um, but Brian went out to dinner with him. So I was like, dude, you dodged a fucking bullet. Oh boy. In fact, you got, you dodged a plane crash is what you, I mean, it was, I mean, I hate to say it, man. And I mean, of course, Ian is running with it and everybody's making all these jokes. You know, I survived keel fest, you know, and people are saying, man, this sucks so bad. I give it five keel fest. Like I feel bad, you know, that, you know, um, but I have to be honest, it I it was very disappointing. The only thing that made it kind of fun was that at least I was in misery, but I was in misery with my buddies, you know, like so, you know, I, I mean, and, and now it's the rest that night going outside because it did sound better outside, but there were yeah. ballads. And I, look, I'm a ballad guy. I love fucking ballads. That's what I'm saying. When the ballad guy's going, oh fuck, another ballad. Uh, you're 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 singing way too many goddamn ballads. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was down I mean, to a metal mic. Okay, I was not getting laid that night. Calm down. <laughs> right. I'm just like motherfucker, man. Like, and like I said, when he did that last, when he went into another, I was like, oh fuck, I'm out. I'm done. This is, I mean, I said, man, I, we should have left a long time ago. Cause honestly, I, at the time before you said anything, I thought I, I was staying more for, cause I thought, well, maybe Bush it. But then when I was like, I think you said it to me before I even say anything, you're like, bro, I'm not fucking feeling this. And I'm like, oh, so it's not just me. No, you I were said, like, no, dude, it's not just you. You and Ron Keelband. <laughs> Cause they went Ron Keelband, Keel Steeler. And I was ready to fucking go with Ron Keel band. <laughs> I, I get it, man. But like, I thought, well, it'll get better. He'll do the keel stuff. He'll do the Steeler stuff. It, you know, cause I mean, like you said, the, the, the time before dude, he was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta be honest with you as much as I enjoyed rare hair this year, I think the rare hair, I mean, overall, I think this rock and pod was the best. I think they yeah. each keep topping, but I gotta be honest with you. I think the, the pre, party or whatever you want to call it was better the last time we went yeah yeah i would agree even though there were a lot of the same musicians i know but i'm just saying the rock and roll residency and that and then them doing van halen yeah van halen and just they were badass man and keel was really good too but yeah, uh, I was extremely disappointed with this Keel Fest. Oh yeah, it was really bad. I'm like, I'm almost like can't fuck, man. Like you know, I just, I kind of feel violated, dude. Like you know, well, it just like, makes me wonder how good was the first one that he thought he could get away with this on the second one. What? Well, it kind of makes me think that maybe the first and one was Baco, like really fuck you because Baco was having a blast, and yeah. I even had to take a picture of his backpack in the hotel the next day as they were getting ready to leave because he has on his backpack Keelaholic. And I took a picture of that and posted it on Facebook and tagged his ass in it. Gayest thing I've seen in Nashville. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was drunk as shit having a ball. And I'm like, and he's all up front and shit. I'm like, good God, I don't want to get closer to this disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he enjoyed the concert, a huh? show this weekend, for Christ's sakes. 
So he really liked he really really liked it. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing. I haven't heard his recap yet, but you know, there was another person I finally got to meet was interesting, but I didn't get to meet her till the last day when you were, you know, when we were all getting ready to leave or whatever. Uh, and that was uh, 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 Kristen Schembeck, you know, which, you know, spent a lot of time listening to the Decibel Geek podcast. Real sweetheart, you know. She's a big Crowbar fan, so she wins cool points for that alone, you know. She's from not too far away from where I moved from. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're fellow New Yorkers. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, man. And she was like, because I posted meeting somebody, and she goes, I haven't met you yet. And I'm like, well, I'm sitting right next to the Rock and Metal Combat podca- Podcast guys. Uh, come on by and say hello. And and then, you know, sh- she didn't. But then I saw her at the uh, in the lobby, and she gave me a big hug. She's a really sweet lady, really cool gal, man. I've She's somebody, like, I've met her before. I saw her at the Rock and Pod the year before, but it was just briefly, you know? Yeah. And then at this time, you know, cause we've like, we've talked cause you know, uh, some of the former members of typo negative and Kirk Winstein from crowbar and, and the old bass player from crowbar. have got a, a new, um, band. I think it's called I am, but like with your eye, you know, right, and, right. and I'm going, fuck man, I'm going to be all over that. Cause I love typo negative and I love crowbar and she was all about it too. So yeah. Um, but yeah, really cool gal. Uh, it, it, it like I said, overall we had a blast, even yeah. with the Keel Fest being the absolute clusterfuck. It was absolute blast because me, Ian, and fucking Charles were just ragging this thing the whole time. Right, and and but what's weird is we missed some interesting things too because I remember Aaron Camaro outside telling us that there was a dude who likes to jerk off in a Doritos bag. Yes, and RMCP and Charles saw it. They saw it. Yes, they saw it. They saw it. And then the next morning, Bildo told me when he was having breakfast, there was some guy that was being all rowdy at this restaurant they were at, and he fucking whipped his dick out. Some homeless dude. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, man, apparently people like to fucking beat off and and show their dick in, in Nashville. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was it was really interesting. It was it, you know there was a lot of crazy things that happened. But yeah, we go to Keel Fest, man, and like I said, that was kind of disappointing. And we didn't really do anything afterwards, did we? We oh, just we fucking went, went back to the hotel. We were like, just, "Fuck, man!" Such a fucking downer. Went home. Yeah, back to the hotel. Went to bed. Now I got up in the morning and I just I was ready to go. You know, I I don't know what it was, uh, but I'm glad I did. Uh, so I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm I'm going to bounce. I'm going to go do the Kiss Exposed thing, and then I'm out of here. So we load up everything. You know, I pack all my bags. I'm, I'm getting out of there. We hang out in the lobby, you know, for a while with everybody after having breakfast and such. You know, Elsie and Baco, Kristen was down there. Matt Porter was down there. You know, everyone was just kind of BSing. We make our way over to the Full Moon Cineplex, which I fucking love this venue. It is such a cool theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're doing the whole Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing with Craig Gass. Well, just the, the theater itself, it's so oh. cool because it's an old school theater and they got all these movie posters from all these old horror movies and sci-fi movies. And it is, it's just got a really, really cool, I, I don't know, I love it, man. It's got a cool vibe. Yeah. And it's a theater, it's not really seating, it's more like tables. You're seated at yeah. tables. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And they were viewing Kiss Exposed. And oh my God, it, it was hilarious. You know, it these was hilarious. Uh, 
uh, especially in today's age, this is something that may not have aged well. I'm not going to lie. I still enjoy the movie. Oh, it's hilarious. But it did not age well. And there's a, how to, how to Courtney put it? She had the counter. She would ding the bell every time there was a Me Too moment. <laughs> Which was hilarious. But, you know, I mean, honestly, I never took that thing seriously. Now, gr- granted, you got to understand, when it came out, I'm a bit older than you guys. So I wasn't like, oh, this is how Gene and Paul. I remember watching it and laughing my ass off at some of the shit they were doing. Even then, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy, but great. You okay. know, and so also it was cool I, because man. at the time it was, you got to remember at the time, man, getting to see, especially old school kiss, the kiss yeah. I grew up on Cause, cause that and all that live footage and shit that had never been show. seen before. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to it, you know? Yeah. You know, so I, I still stand by that film It's great. It's definitely a mockumentary. Whereas back then I would have called it a rockumentary. But, uh, you know, as you age, you get smarter. <laughs> or at least you should. But they had some great jokes. Uh, they didn't have the mic drop moment the way uh, Courtney did last year when they were doing Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, which is also oh. bad after all these years. <laughs> you could have told me that was bad when I first saw it back in the day. but Oh, well, I'm not going to lie. Eight-year-old Mike, I just recently turned eight years old when that came out. I fucking loved Phantom of the Park. When I got a little older, though, I was like, oh, my, you know, but it's still cheesy as hell. It's it yeah. is what it is. You know, now, do I think it was a misstep for them? Yes. And I'll tell you why. I think they would have been better off. Doing a, a documentary type of, you know, kind of like what Led Zeppelin did with the song remains the same. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, I think there's a mark. They were all caught up in their superhero thing because of the Marvel. There was that, and that. the fact that that's how they sold it to him. Star Wars meets a hard day's night. Well, fuck, that's music to those guys' ears, you know, because they're like, fuck, yeah, you know. So, But then, you know, when you find out that it's Hanna-Barbera handling the special effects, and it's just, yeah, it turned into a fucking clusterfuck. It really did, but... Um, we had Black Ace Fraley, and... Yeah, I mean, it's... Chris is, it's is it even in the film? I mean. Right, it's, it's... But it's still, you know, but Ace, that's what I love about Ace. Ace still thinks it's hilarious. Like, he said when they went to see it, he laughed his fucking ass off, man. He thought it was hilarious. You know, he he was just like, but I do think with the older kids at the time, you know, um, it it bothered them. Kiss kind of started losing their credibility with some of the um, older, you know, more serious. You Are know, you I don't want to use the word that rip and destroy didn't save Kiss. No, it should have. Because actually, it, I like that version of the song. It's, it's a badass, song. man. Yeah. You know, it's but, almost uh, better than Hotter Than Hell. I know, right? You know, and that fucking riff, which Paul Stanley openly admitted. He goes, "That was me trying to do my best Tony Iommi impersonation with that riff." And I'm like, "Well, you did a good job, Paul." Yeah, not bad. Um, um, now that's so, where my rock and pot ended was with the uh, Kiss Exposed thing. Yes, yes, yes. You uh, and I yeah, got to tell you. I'm glad I did because uh, I wasn't telling anyone I was coming home. And then I was about an hour outside of Asheville, North Carolina. When I called home to say, hey, surprise, I'm on my way home. And that's when I get the news that one of my residents is passing away. And I was like, oh, shit. And they're like, you, you don't have long. 
And I said, I'll, you know, I'll try to make it. I was able to get there. I went straight to the facility and walked in. And I'm still in all my heavy metal shit. And I got chains hanging off of me, leather coat with my fucking battle vest on. And the wife gave me this look of utter disbelief and joy that I had showed up. She says, oh, Nate, I didn't expect you to be here. You know, because I was supposed to be gone all weekend. I wasn't supposed to be home until Monday afternoon. And I was able to say my goodbyes to him and give her a big hug. And then he passed away that morning. You know, so I was able to do that. So maybe that's why I felt the need. And, and that's a good thing, oh. Bush, because maybe, I, yeah, I'm, maybe maybe you had a, there was a, you, you felt a call in or a sense, you know, who knows, you know, but I, I mean, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, it bummed me out a little bit that you left when you did, but I understood why you did. You know, because I know you were like, man, I want to get this car back in time and yada, yada. And, you know, traffic can be a bitch coming out of Nashville. Well, so. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I got to have this back by noon Monday morning. Right. I need to leave at like two, three o'clock in the morning. And, and there who was wants to fucking another, do that, dude? Yeah, and there's still another show we had to go to. So I just, I opted out, you know. Yeah. Which sucks. So I've got to hear about the punchline or was it punchlines and backlines? Yeah, well, what I did... Oh, tell me about that. What I did, what I did is I called Brian Davis and said, hey, I've got an extra ticket. Um, I know you're planning on going to this where now you only have to buy a ticket for your girl. Now, and he was all about it. He's like, yeah, thanks, dude. I'm like, no problem. I'll pay you in the block. I'm like, cool. Now, I knew it was his gal's birthday. Okay? I knew it was Lindsay's birthday. So what I did not tell him is that's going to be her birthday gift, dude. Nice. You know? And uh, so what happened, though, is we go and we do the show. You take off, man. And then Aaron Camaro comes up to me. He's like, so what are you doing, Metal Mike? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm probably just going to get a Uber and go back to the fucking hotel, maybe chill, and then and then go to this uh, uh, punchlines and backlines thing. And he's like, fuck that. You're coming with us. Nice. Okay, who's us? So we get into this car, and I can't remember the guy's name. He's in a band. Real nice guy. He's got this little bitty car, man. We all squeeze in. And it's me, Aaron Camaro, and a guy who I've heard of, but I never met. And he was the Mooger Fugger. So you I met finally the Fugger, huh? Yeah, I met the Mooger Fugger, man. And he was just a really, really, really fucking cool dude, you know. Um, just an awesome guy. But I didn't really get to know him. At, at that point, um, because uh, uh, we were stuck in this back seat, you know, so we were um, uh, we get in there and, and the guy's got these guitars. So we're literally holding it's me, Aaron and the Mooger food are holding these guitars. And in the passenger seat is fucking Craig Gass. For real. Yes. That uh, is this dude awesome. is taking Craig back to his uh, um hotel it's like and we hung out with brian from resistant bite same way exactly right so i'm in the back seat and i didn't really say a whole lot to him i just listened because he was telling all these really cool stories man you know about how uh um because i guess the dude in the fall of western civilization part two um has the, he he's the guy that had the half white and half black hair he got in trouble for some shit yeah he was yeah he was a promoter and he did a lot of fucking shady shit and yeah. uh 
and 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 you know, people got to remember, Craig grew up around these guys. He knows those guys, man. I mean, he knows them personally. You know, so he said that Gene, man, uh, uh, when he did a promotion, wherever, like Gene made sure he got his money up front. You know, because Gene Simmons is no fool when it comes to money. You know what I mean? He don't fuck around. So, um, and it was just, but he was talking about how he, he, you know, because you know, he, Craig travels all over. I mean, literally, he just literally had come back from Australia before he comes to the Rockin' Pod. You know, yeah, we talked about that tour. Got an interview. I can fix it so you can at least hear it. Yeah. So he basically, uh, so he's sitting there and he's telling the story about this promoter or this comedy dude, you know, club dude who basically was trying to fuck him out of his money, man. And it's a, it was just a really funny, entertaining story. And what was great about it was just, you know, I'm just sitting there like, man, I feel like a fly on the wall hearing about the, um, behind the scenes shit when, you know, in the stand up comedy business. Oh, I'd have set my phone to record. It was really, really cool. I didn't even think about it at the time. I was so captivated by what he was saying, Bush, that it was just really cool. Because he said there's this this dude who helped him out, man. He was a, you know, um, South American, and he's like, "I'll get you your fucking money back." And and then they go and 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 he did. He did get him his money back, you know. And then um, the dude goes and get they get like fucking a bunch of coke, and they're getting ready to do it. And the guy's like, "I just got to tell you, I've had like five heart attacks." And and Craig's like, well, dude, do you really think it's a good idea for you to be doing coke? Tell you what, I'll just do all the coke. I'll do all the coke because that's the kind of friend I am, <laughs> you know. And the and 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 you know, uh, but it was really really cool. And the guy, the Mooger Fugger, his real name is Shane Paisley. Okay. Now, so we drop Craig off, and we're all like, all right, man, we'll see you at the show, dude. And he's like, cool, man. And um, so then we go to this fucking bar. I can't remember the name of it. It was like a watering hole that Aaron likes to go to. Uh-huh. So we all go there, man. And, and Aaron and, and the guy, God, I can't remember his name. Really cool to, dude. I need to hit Aaron Camaro up and find out who he is. But, uh, cause I want to hear his band. I mean, he was such a nice guy. I almost feel like, God, I got it. If you're, if you're, if your music's anything like your personality, I'm going to love it. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. He's just such a nice guy, man. Real down to earth, had a great sense of humor. Him and Aaron are playing uh pool and me and Shane Paisley, AKA the Mooger Fugger started talking music, man. And we fucking had the best conversation. Cause he was just like, dude, I love you, man. You, you know, you're all into the minutia. He goes, my wife likes a lot of the same bands I'm in, but she ta- calls me a metal nerd all the time. I'm like, yes, dude, that's what I am. I'm a metal nerd. I'm like, I'm just nerdy anyway. And all my shit, whether it's comics, fucking music, whatever, you know, I do. I like the behind the scenes and the minutia and what went into making the album and all that. And he was such a cool dude, man. We like totally fucking bonded. Great guy. That's um, awesome. It was really, really cool. And then after that, we went and at first Aaron's like, well, we'll go ahead and we'll just go to the venue, man. Cause Aaron was MCing. When we get there, man, there was this lady that was there and she was kind of fucking rude, man. We're like, well, why is she being a fucking tool, you know? Uh, right. So we leave and then we come back and uh, when we come back, man, is when uh, we fucking, yeah, they take me back to the uh, the hotel and shit, though, because I got to get my fucking tickets and I got to get Brian's tickets. I didn't bring them with me because I thought I was going to go back to the hotel originally. And that's what I mean. This guy was cool enough to take me back to the hotel. We get my tickets. We get up there. We meet uh you know, uh, Brian Davis. And, and then he's like, well, I'll pay you the money. And I turn around and I said, no, no, 
And I turned around, Lindsay said, happy birthday, girl. And Brian's like, dude. And I'm like, no, seriously, man, happy birthday, man. And of course they both gave me a big hug. So, and, uh, there was this lady that was making, um, chicken and waffles, which was quite good. You know, um, she was outside the venue doing her thing. And uh, I have to say, dude, now I'm not the world's biggest Mr. Big fan. And it's not that I don't like, uh, I mean, I, I don't hate them though. I don't, I've only heard a few songs. I mean, I mean, you know, when you got a guy like Billy Sheen in your band, you gotta be pretty badass, Right. Right. Yeah. You know, but I got to be honest with you, I'm not that super familiar with them. But they did the the punchline backlines thing, and Eric was fucking hilarious, man. He did a great job. Um, he he did a great job, man. He was really really cool. Uh, such a sweet guy, you know. And he was telling some funny stories, like when him and his wife met, you know, Stephen Tyler, and how Stephen's like barely wearing anything. He's like, and he starts fucking kissing her with his huge lips and shit. It was hilarious, dude. He talked about David Coverdale, and he has a great David Coverdale impersonation. And he just told a lot of really cool stories, very funny. Um, and I gotta admit, his acoustical thing. It was good, dude. It was really good. Like Bildo and everybody. It almost like made up for the shittiness of Keelfest. Even if you weren't that big a fan of Mr. Big, the guy he still has pipes. Oh, he's um, he's great vocalist. I'm only really familiar with Addicted to That Rush and which is a banger. And then yeah. that, that ballad to be with you. Right. And well, of course they did that. Um they also did a version of Cat Stevens um um, wide world, you know, oh, baby, it's a wild world, yeah. you know, uh, which he did a great job, which I had, I didn't remember them doing a version, excuse me, of that song. But dude, it was a fucking stellar show. The The comedy show was hilarious. Um, you know, um, yeah, it was really, real cool. Of course, Craig and Don were fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they did the, you know, and then Eric came back out and did his thing, man. And, uh, it was really cool, man. I, I got it. I, I got to admit, it, it kind of made up for the suckiness of uh, of, of Keelfest. Because I mean, you know, it's bad when Ian Wadley says he's thinking about uh, bringing the olive branch to Sammy Hagar and having a beer and, and and hashing this shit out, as he said in his words. Now, of course, he had changed his tune by the next day when we went. You know, because we 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 checked out of the hotel. I checked out of the hotel. Um, the guys, you know. From the Airbnb bill, OCD and all them They met me at the uh, uh, hotel uh, I saw, I said goodbye to Baco and everybody And then, um, why you, no wait, I think we said goodbye to Baco Baco left Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, because he was, yeah. yeah, they were leaving when I was still there Yeah, so anyway man, we, 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 we so then we uh, head to Eric's Or, um, um not Eric's, um, uh Aaron's Camaros, yeah. Camaros man and I even told him I'm like hey dude what's your address and everything, everything? and because he kept going you're you're coming right you're coming I'm like yeah bro I'll be there man you know and uh uh so you know we finally get there and we just had such a blast I mean Ian was there Charles Trainer was there Brian and Lindsay was there the Mooger Fugger was there um Aaron's wife uh Chris's wife of course Chris and Aaron were there um a few other people were there we we it was such a fun time, man, and a lot of good food and just a lot of good conversations, man. Talk to the Mooger Fugger some more. Talk to Charles Trainer, where he proceeded to tell me that Unmasked is a misunderstood masterpiece. And I said, Whatever you're smoking, Charles, you need to quit. 
for fuck right now. How does he give me shit at all? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, really? Really? I literally like turned around and walked away and walked around the because <laughs> Aaron has this huge case with all his CDs, like a bookcase. It's fucking huge, man. And uh, I'm like, man, I thought I had a lot of CDs with this guy. And I think I guess that's the way Aaron, you know, collects his music. I didn't see any vinyl. Now, maybe he has some, but it seems like he's still all into CDs. Obviously, he has MP3s like all of us or digital format. But sure. You know, because see what happened with me is I had all my I still do. I have all my CDs in a big fat book, like a huge fucking binder. Um, I did have the covers and everything, and I had them in a box in my closet. And my horrible ex-girlfriend was emptying stuff out, and she threw that out into the trash. All my CD covers. I was so fucking pissed. Oh, I bet. That's that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I still call her the thing that should not be. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah. <laughs> but whenever I see CDs, it it triggers me, and I think of that, and it's kind of a painful memory. But Eric, I mean, Aaron has Camaro has a huge, I mean, a quite a, a CD collection, man. Like it's huge, dude. It, it, the whole thing takes up like. It's almost like a wall. Like, that's how big it is. Like, on the other side of it is a couch and almost like another room. It, like, divides the room, dude. That's how fucking that's big awesome. it is. And um, he's just got every CD known to man, you know? And uh, and I'm, I, so that was pretty impressive, you know? Which I know, like, people like Ralph still has a lot of CDs, too, you know? And, and a shitload of vinyl. Um, but, yeah, man, I was just like... Uh, it, it was such a cool thing, but I mean, he literally walked around the the, the uh, CD shelf. You know, I was like, "Oh fuck this, man! I'm going to go to the other side of the party." And everybody started laughing because I was like, <laughs> "Fucking unmask! Get the fuck out of here!" But again, you know, it's his opinion. I don't think he's really trying to. T- and because I've heard other people tell me that, well, it's a, you know, it's a, um, you know, it's power pop. Oh, I and oh, I'm oh. like, man, if I want to listen to power pop, man, I listen to good power pop. I listen to fucking cheap trick, bro. I'm not gonna fucking listen to fucking. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I the only song, honestly, on that album that I really, really, truly like is Naked City, dude. That's it. I think Gene had a really good song there, man. I don't really care for the A songs. I mean, there's I like, something. I like talk to me. I like what makes the girl world go round. Um, See, I, I like, don't even really care for those. I don't hate. Okay, I don't hate the A songs, but they're just weird. I do think that bass line he does in Torpedo Girls kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Um, you could tell that. that I think Ace was like, "Well, fuck it. If we're, you know, y'all are wanting some power pop, I'll fucking deliver, but I'm gonna do it my way." And it was very experimental, especially Torpedo Girl. It was like that fucking bass line, which Ace does play on the album. And that's part of my problem with Kiss at that point. It was like it wasn't a band anymore. It was Gene bringing you know bringing in his guys to do his songs. It was even though Ace does play guitar on Naked City, to be fair, but it's 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 Paul bringing in his guys and, and him playing bass on his songs. You got Ace playing all the instruments except for the drums on his songs. I'm like, it wasn't it wasn't the same like Love Gun. Yeah. It's all four dudes playing on the album, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, you know that's. You know, so I, I I got a problem with Unmasked just for that alone. But I'm, I do love Naked City, though. I just think that is a very well-written song. I it's, love Gene's vocals. I think it's uh, it's the, the my it's the the standing track standout track of the album for me. I know some people like Shandy. I don't hate Shandy. 
okay, let me put it this way. Nine going on 10 year old Mike fucking hated that song. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, which I don't know why I reacted so viscerally, considering that I had no problems with Beth and Hard Luck Woman. But yet it was just like, I, I guess maybe it was just like, well, okay, what, what? So Kiss are doing ballads, you know, like, again, it was that whole misconception because, you know, for the longest time, Bushy, I thought Dynasty was a total disco album until I went back years later and actually listened to the record again and realized, well, shit, Ace kind of saves this album. And yeah. the Gene songs are pretty cool. Yeah, and I do like Magic Touch. My favorite fucking Kiss songs ever. What? Charisma is one of the greatest Kiss songs ever. Yeah, I like this. I like I like X Ray Eyes. I think that's a cool fucking song, man. So, you know, and and I like the Ace songs, and I like uh, Dirty Living's okay. Um, I dig Dirty Living, man. That's a great Pete song. Yeah, but it's it, it, again, it it, it, it it was disco. You know, everybody always wants me to go. I was made for love. Use the only disco song. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Sure, know something. Oh, that uh, version uh, of it is disco as a motherfucker, guys. Come on, man. Bum, 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 bum. But I will say this: I love the unplugged version. Yep, probably the probably uh, the greatest, probably the greatest live Kiss album since Alive. Oh, for sure. For I mean, sure. Alive 2, the drum solo during God of Thunder is pretty fucking amazing. Well, I love Alive 2. I think Alive 2 is great, too. Um, but if I if you're if you're gonna ask me which ones I think better, it's it's alive. Yeah. But um but Alive yeah. 2 is great. Uh three, I like yeah. Kiss, but it's not great. Uh, alive four, the symphony thing. I like that, but I like the DVD version. It's got all three different sets in it. Mm-hmm. I like the straight out Kiss show, I like the string ensemble, and I do dig the orchestra. It was weird seeing somebody there in Ace's makeup. But yeah. He, he was passable. Yeah. At that point, I know. He wasn't trying yeah. to be Ace, if that makes any sense. Right. On that so, um, show. But like, yeah, Unplugged, Unplugged, I think to this day, is, is still amazing. And one of the reasons why I like it as much is it, it kind of showed people who want to act like Kiss don't have any, you know, real musicianship. I mean, people that I know weren't really into Kiss. They listen to that album. And they're like, man. Well, Edwin Canastrachi said that. He heard that, and he's like, holy fuck, man. Kiss has got some good songs. I got to go deep, dig deeper into their music. Even my sister-in-law was impressed by Unplugged. Well, man. I remember because like, I was in the Army, and, and everybody knew I was geeking out because MTV Unplugged was Kiss finally. I was geeking out, and I really geeked out when Ace and Peter came on stage. I lost my shit. I was married at the time, man. I jumped mm-hmm. up couch you know when he says I'm not talking about mom and dad i'm talking about peter chris and ace fraley oh so cool and i lost my shit i jumped up i'm fucking hollering and hooting like i was at the fucking show dude but i remember that monday morning you know in the office all of us medics are sitting around and i'm like damn nate i, I guess i can't fuck with her. i'm sorry damn atchison i can't fuck with you anymore because they they were really good <laughs> like, no right shit, yeah good. yeah you know i mean it's one of those things where i think sometimes they get overshadowed by the theatrics and everything. And yeah, Kiss put on in a great show, but the, the there's a reason why they're still being listened to and talked about how many fucking years later. It's because yeah, of the music and that run, man. Like, I mean, I know some people are, you know, and I'm not disparaging their 80s output when I say this. All I'm trying to say is that run from 1974 to 78, man. Well, 79, if you want to count, it's fucking dude. It's almost flawless, man. I mean, it, it put, 
and and those songs, there most of those songs are still in their goddamn fucking playlist to this day. There's a reason why, you know. I mean, so when people want to say, "Hey, they're not a good band," or they're not, you know, blah 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 blah, I'm like, "Hey, you know, no, are are they the most complex thing? No, it's it's meat and potatoes, hard rock, okay, pretty much, yeah. you know. It's but it doesn't mean it's bad, you know. And they borrowed from so many of their heroes, bands that Jeez, we all love. DC has sounded the same on every fucking record since their first album came out. How come they don't catch shit for it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only reason why... Well, they do. I got news for you. There's some people that fucking hate on ACDC. I just interviewed a guy who's not big into them, you know, and, and that's the reason why. So I'm like, well, man, the, the Bon Scott era. And he even said, look, he goes, I respect their place in rock and, and hard rock. And he goes, rock and hard rock and metal history. I do respect that. But he goes, they just never really grabbed me. Hey, fair enough, man. You know, there's a lot of bands that people absolutely fucking freak out over that I'm like, I scratch my head and I'm like, oh, I just don't get it, you know. Or there's bands that I like, but I'm like, eh, I think they're a bit overrated, you know. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation yeah. we can have at some other time. But, but yeah, I mean, and I didn't mean to get in the Kiss Vortex, but. That's okay. We did talk about Kiss Exposed a little bit. Here, right. So here, that I, there I, you go. I, and that was and that was a lot of fun, man, watching that again. I mean, brought back a lot of memories, dude. Uh, it sounds like it was great. Camaro asked why I wasn't. Oh, no, he said, you're going to miss the, the hangout. And I just looked at him and said, well, quit scheduling shit on fucking Sundays, dude. <laughs> he laughed, yeah. Yeah, because those first few um, expos, you know. That you was had, on Sunday. We didn't have anything. Didn't have anything scheduled on Sundays. You had your Friday and your Saturday, and that was it. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean. And you since know. that kind of hinted at he may take it back to just a two-day event. Yeah, he, he has, I think he, I, he did say something about maybe scaling it back a bit and I'm fine. Hey man, whatever Chris wants to do, I'm down I for, like you know, caster hangout. Nobody ever knows about it. Cause everybody goes home and you go hang out with Camaro. Now the time I went, we actually hung out at Sinzak's house. Well, last year I, or the last one I didn't go to because I didn't know about it. I'm like fucking hat, you know, I've already left. And then I have Ian hit me. I'm going, where are you, bro? What are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm going home. Oh man, you were supposed to go to, I think it was Aaron's place that year too. And yeah. I'm like, dude, nobody fucking told me, man, you know? So yeah, year so, three, I went, that was the, uh, Michael Sweet and Dave Ellison year. See, I went year two. And, um, um what well, was funny though is we went to we, go to the hangout, but this that that particular year was at Sinzak's place, not well, Commander's place. Well, the, we had the punchlines and backlines, I think, that oh, year too. Or no, that no, we had a comedy show. We had the comedy show on in 2018 though, and it was um at the I think a funny bone, or it was a comedy club there. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. And Craig Gas and um Courtney Cronin Doyle, and that's how I met Courtney, man, because she literally called me out right as I'm getting up and thought I was going to fucking just literally exorcist vomit everywhere, you know, so I'm like, and she, I forget what she said, but she busted my chops, and, you know, I laughed it off, you know, it's no big deal, but she, you know, that's, I met her after the show, and she was just, you know, even then, you know, you know how sweet, big of a sweetheart she is, so, you know, it was just one of them things where it was like, um, but I do remember that because we had went to uh, Aaron's place before his old place um, where he lived before, before that event, we met up there 
got drunk and then went to the comedy show and I got fucking hammered, dude. Like I literally, I do not remember this, but apparently I passed out in their studio. Nice. You know, and I don't remember any of that. I do vaguely remember there was a camera and I went off on Vinnie Vincent and I think I called him a hermaphrodite freak fuck or some shit like that and everybody's like whoa you know but like ralph loved it he's like you know but i only did it because i'm like hey man the decibel geek guys are my friends man and yeah and and for anybody to fly the banner for Vinny the way those guys did to get shit on the way he shit on them man fuck that guy yeah fuck that guy not only that but it's you know look look even i i criticize gene simmons sometimes or think look it up what now i'm not even a huge fan of creatures of the night or look it up I I see I I love those records, man. I honestly think Kiss had a pretty good run at that time because, okay, obviously Creatures of the Night. All I know is fucking uh, a War Machine. Oh, dude, come on, man! Killer is a great song. Fucking, (laughs) I still love you. I I still love you. I prefer the fucking unplugged version. Oh, you're insane. Um, actually, I really like the unplugged version, but Paul's. Fucking acrobatic fucking vocals get on my nerves, man. After a while, love it. Did you fucking stop, dude? Nope, love it. It's because you're fucking you. Anyway, she could do that today. Yeah, I bet he does. I don't see a love. love. It would sound horrible now. Yeah. You know, but again, I know that's part of Paul just being the ham bone, and he is. He's a fuck. Like I remember, he said that he goes, "Some people are a ham." He goes, "I'm the whole pig." I'm like, "Yes, you are, Mister Stanley. Yes, you are." But hey, he's honest about it, you know. And you know, his big hero, of course, was Robert Plant. And I'm like, "Oh, I can so tell. Yeah, I can so tell." You know. Um, but what I was also going to say is, is that that you know, I I people always you know. Oh, well, that was the last makeup era album. Yes, it was. It was. But sonically, Creatures and Lick It Up are sister albums as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'll admit that. And I think Animalize and Asylum are sister albums. But to me, that whole period from Lick It Up to Asylum, I think Kiss was kind of in a renaissance, in my opinion. Those because, are great albums. I, I mean, and, But they're heavy. I they're like he- shit because I don't like the song Lick It Up. And I hate that fucking rap song. Gotta yeah, hate. See, I don't mind it so much. Is it cheese dick? Yeah, it is. But it's horrible when you have songs that are borderline thrash on that record. But I mean, come on, man. Million to one. Great tune. Uh, I mean, there's some dude. Exciter. I great mean, there's tune. some great stuff on that. And I think dude, I love Lick- it on the eighth day. But I mean, dude, Creatures of the Night, the title track, man. Yes. I mean, I, I've never been a huge fan of that song. I, it's not I, horrible. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just love think, it loud. What? You're insane, dude. I'm I'm just saying, man. Like yeah. War Machine, that's a standout for me. That's a great song. But I like Rock that's and Roll a, that's Hell. A song. I like Rock and Roll Hell. I like Killer. She's a killer. I think that, you know, Gene, and I think Gene, once they went into that phase, man, you know, like people call it heavy metal kiss. Um, and it is, you know, but I felt like, well, some of the 70s stuff was pretty goddamn heavy too, you know, but to me, it, it, they were able to make that transition because there's not much of a stretch between hard rock and heavy metal. Like I said earlier, you know what I mean? It's like, come on louder. Right. And, and, but my God, and, and, but sonically, especially, I think those are sister albums. And like I said, from that, that era, cause 
even with Animal Eyes in Asylum, it's it's glam metal, but it's still metal. Well, see with with uh, with Animal Eyes and Lick It Up and uh, uh, Creatures, they got shredders. Yeah, I which agree. Is different, even though they held the shredders back. I mean, Mark St. John. I mean, I know Ralph said some pretty rough shit about him. I'll definitely have to do some research to find out if this is true. I've heard rumors. I don't, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But, dude, like, like on Lick It Up, there's no guitar solo. Heaven's on Fire, there's no guitar solo. But listen to the rest of the record. There's some pretty scorching fucking solos. And Bruce oh, Kulik, yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody loves Ace. Bruce Kulik's the best thing to ever happen to Kiss. Maybe it's because I really, like, the first album I ever got handed to me that wasn't the debut in Alive, excuse me, was fucking Crazy Nights. And Bruce, sorry. amazing work there. I'm sorry. Um, you know, uh, you know, he actually helped co-write the songs. And here's the thing about Crazy Nights. To be fair, and I, I think maybe if some of those songs had had a different producer, I might not have minded it so much. It's just too much with the, um. It's hard, dude. Like, I, I don't mind synthesizers. You know I mean? Ozzy uses synthesizers. A lot of people do. But oh. even Ozzy, man, the fucking synthesizer got way up in the mix on Ultimate Sin. Now, I love that record, but it just seemed like that period from, like, 86 to, like, what, maybe right. 88, man, right. everybody was drenching their shit in keyboards where it was it was too much. It was overpowering. It's like, I don't mind keyboards or piano or, 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 or you know, I mean, Deep Purple, man, for fuck's yeah, sake, you know? Say, people fucking worship Deep Purple. That's why I don't understand why people get so mad in the... But in it the, sounds differently, that man. The, the, that 80s had that synthesized... I like synthesizers just fine, man, but they it was t- too high in the mix, Bushy. Too high in the mix. I mean, listen to Ozzy's Blizzard of Oz. There's keyboards in that record. It's keyboards all over that fucking record. But it ain't drowning the rest of the fucking band out. And that's what a lot of those bands, like Hard Even, man, is just drenched in keyboards where I'm going, oh, too much of a good thing, guys. You know what I'm trying to say? That's all I'm saying, dude. Like, and 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 like I've often said before, I think Paul vocally sings his heart out on some of those songs man but it just oh crazy nights has probably some of his best vocal performances ever yeah it's like but i just i mean again i said it before and i'll say it again and maybe that's why i don't like it it's kiss jovey to me it's not kiss man And that's fair for people that hate the synthesizer or the keyboard so far up in the mix i could see why a song like my way would rub them the wrong way but i'm like holy fuck are you listening to this guy this dude has squeezed his balls so tight. Yes. And at the highest I, range he's ever sang. See, and, and, and there you go, Bushy. I'm objective enough to go, okay, I don't like this album. I don't like what they're doing. But I'm also, I was able to isolate Paul's vocals enough to go, wow, he's really seen his fucking ass off on this record. You know, yeah, probably his I best mean, vocal performance ever. Yeah, I think he was really, really putting his heart into it. And it probably broke his heart when it didn't. I mean, I don't know. The album went platinum, I believe. So it's not like it wasn't successful, but it, it, I think they were hoping they would get the Bon Jovi numbers and it just didn't pan out for They're them. They're not nearly as pretty as Bon Jovi is. So there's well, no- there's that too, you know, but I think that they, I think 
Paul was really, really okay. As much as a Carnival of Souls is like a Gene Simmons album, and what I mean by that, Gene pushed for that. Gene wanted that, you know. And this is before the reunion happened. People Paul have to remember on that record too. He did too. He Song did. Rain? Are you kidding me? Oh, I think Rain. I think he did uh, Master and Slaves. Great. Fuck yeah. Uh, um, I like. It never goes away. There. I think some of the Paul songs are actually better than the Gene songs, to be quite honest with oh, you, man. Hate's pretty fucking good, dude. Well, hate's awesome, man. I like Carnival Souls, believe it or not. That's great. Um, I know I don't like the whole I mean even like I, Childhood's End, Gene's song Childhood's End, man. What yeah, I you know, I I, I I do I know some Kiss fans just absolutely hate that record, but I'm like, again, to me it was the Revenge's sister album. Yes. It was. I mean, it just they just got heavier. And yeah, of course they were influenced by fans like Allison Chains, but I'm like, is that a bad thing? Because Allison Chains was influenced by Kiss. And if you don't think you can't hear it, I mean, listen to some of the harmonizing that Kiss did back in the day with songs like Love Her All I Can or even Almost Human. I'm almost human. Uh, if that doesn't remind you of and, and even like songs like fucking um I love when Gene and Paul fucking harmonize, man. It's fucking she, Brilliant. When she, she, when they all sing together, you know, she walks by moonlight. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I mean, although even if you don't like some of those grunge bands, even all, every one of them loved Kiss. The Melvins loved Kiss. Nirvana loved Kiss. All those bands from Seattle were Kiss fans, man. And I could hear it in some of their music, especially Alice in Chains. On certain songs where I'm like, oh, okay, you know, even the way Jerry Cantrell played his guitar a little bit, I heard a little bit of Ace Fraley in there, dude, you know, so to me, it was kind of like, you know, and it was funny, though, because if you remember in the Decibel Geeks podcast episode, Albums Unleashed, where they talk about that record, Toby Wright said that, you know, Gene Simmons kept going, well, I want to be Billy Corgan, and, and, you know, he just looked at Gene and said, but Gene, Billy Corgan grew up wanting to be you. Right. You know, and it's so true, you know, but I think, you know, at that point in time, Kiss were still, they were following trends, you know, and a lot of bands, a lot of the bands we love do that eventually. They all did it. Lyle Cooper did it. A lot of them do it. Um, as I said, Metallica did it. The, thing, the difference between Metallica and a lot of other bands is they were able to do it. And <laughs> you're a funny guy, dude. They were they were able to do it and totally get by with it, you know, and not only get by with it, but thrive. We're supposed to be wrapping this thing up and we're in the kiss hole. I, I know. Well, it's it's easy. To, I don't know the kiss vortex. It's funny when I was doing the interview I was doing yesterday, man. I was interviewing interviewing what they watch us move, moon, and and the lead vocalist Lauren mentioned Metallica. I said, "Oh fuck, man, we're gonna go into a Metallica vortex." I said, "That's something that happens at that station all the time," and they just started laughing, you know. And you know, I, I, we, it, we didn't go in as much of a vortex, but yeah, it's funny. I mean, I got that's why Kiss is in my top five bands, dude, because I can't. I love talking about them. Yeah. Even though there's something about that band with the drama and the bullshit that I can't help but talk about them and the history of the band and the things they've dude, done. But they our yeah. they do have it. They, yeah, honest, they, the reason they, we're rock and metal fans is because of Kiss. Yes. And that's why they're always going to be important to me. And that's why I'll always love them. And that's why to me, I, I to quote our good friend, Ralph Vieira, nothing will ever taint what they did from 74 
to 79, you know, for me. I just want to know if going to do the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing with Kiss Extreme Close-Up, because there's really no more videos you can make fun of. Because Extreme Close-Up was a well, I heard they were wanting to do one on the um, uh, uh, decline of Western civilization. I'm like, that would be kind of funny. As long as you did the Metal Years, I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, the Metal Years. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're talking about. Yeah, part two. Um, which I, I think uh, could very easily. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, that's, dude, there's so much to be said about that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's wrap this up. Um, as promised, here is BB Buell, the interview I did not want to do that was our best interview. So if you have stuck around through all this, we really appreciate you. This is 17 minutes or so, and then we're getting out of here. Fair enough. And I guess the other interviews will be in the next episode or how do you want to play that? Yeah, man? yeah. we'll, we'll release them. That gives us something to do for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Cool. And like so you said, we can do short intros for them too. So that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, oh, BB Buell, we thought this was going to be a disaster. Best interview of the fucking day. Right on, man. I do hear you. I've got, I've got that kind of voice. Me too, baby. <laughs> and I don't hear a lot of background shit. That's good. I can't use bad words, but okay. Yes, you, yes, you can. You can. You can say whatever you want. Well, we, we are uncensored here. Yes, <laughs> we, we are, are at... on uncensored.com with BB Buell. There you go, baby. That's exactly what we're doing. As you just heard, BB Buell sitting in here at the Plug Podcast at Rocket Pod 2023. We are so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Were you at the show last night? Yes, we were. Did I kick your ass? You did. We had you a did great indeed. time. Yes. I'm so glad. You know, a lot of people that have never seen me before saw me for the first time last night. I had more people come up to me today. I had no idea you could rock. No, I had no idea. I didn't even know you sang. And I'm thinking, I've been doing this for 40 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Kind of rock royalty, pop. Oh, thank you. I mean, seriously. I mean, you, you were there back in the day, the heyday, the golden age. Of I did see it all. Metal. Yeah, so that's Ziggy why we Stardust, wanted to interview you. Yeah, all that Third stuff. Third Row Radio City Music Club. Oh man, that must have been amazing. That must have been amazing. I've seen the Stones probably 55 times in my life. See? Oh my wow. God. That, and that's his all, one of his all-time favorite yeah. bands, right there. That, I love the Stones too. Though. Yeah, well, they're the they're the template. Greatest rock and roll band of all time. The Beatles and the Stones are the templates. Yes, ma'am. Agreed. <laughs> now, when you saw them, what, what what's your favorite memory seeing the Stones? Oh my God, uh, it would be impossible to hone it in. What a favorite memory is. Okay. I mean, I look at it this way: we're born, we get to live in whatever era we live in. I was 10 years old when I first saw the Stones and the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And my DNA was altered forever. Right. So to me, the Rolling Stones, I just look at it this way. I've gotten to live in history. I guess people that lived when Liszt and Chopin and Bach lived. Right. Mozart. If we had had podcasts, they would be like, oh, I got to live when Mozart lived. Yeah. And I feel that way about the Stones. I got to breathe that air, the Bowie breath, you know. Right. The Bowie breath, the Stones breath. I mean, I'm just glad that this is the time in history that I was born and that I got to live in. Right. I was born just a few years too damn late. Right, right. <laughs> I'm a 75 boy, so 
Well, yeah, my daughter was born two to, two years after you. <laughs> so. Yeah, the, the, the whole rock scene. Um, you, you've had a chance to meet so many different people because of your connections in the in the business, and you've obviously made a career of your own. Um, how, how do we find you? How do we turn people onto your music? Do you have recorded music out there? Oh yeah, you. I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, I'm on iTunes, I'm everywhere. Okay, and good. I have, um, my first record was called Covers Girl, and it was produced by Rick Ocasek from The Cars. Right. And The Cars played on it, and two of the tracks were done by Rick Derringer. Oh, wow. Well, I recently had that remastered, and now my publisher, who is also a record company, Hozak, that's H-O-Z-A-C, Com. You can get my book there, you can get my record there, um, you can get the remaster of Covers Girl with two bonus tracks. Nice. So, um, but Hozak, you should know who they are. They're the most exciting new publisher. Well, they're not that new now, it's been a few years, but like Jack White, like, you know, that whole third man thing. Right. They do books and records. So oh, that's outstanding. You would like Hozak. Hozak, I'll check him out. You would have, I'm glad to hear you both sold out here today. Yes. Yeah. I know I bought two boxes and I thought that that would do it and uh, well, we've had to say to a couple people, sorry, we're out. <laughs> but you can go to Hozak or you can go to Amazon. Right. Um, or you can, uh, where else is the book? Oh, yeah, you can go to Grimey's right here in East Nashville. Okay, so yeah, nice. Can I get the book, you just said Amazon, so I can get, probably get it digitally because I got a. No, I don't have a digital. No, you got to buy the book, damn it. She said no, buy the book. No, this is a <laughs> very photo heavy book. It's got oh, I understand. 200, yeah. 200 plus photos in it. And it's color, it's hard, it's big, it's, it's a. A real book. Cool. That's great. What was what was that whole process like? You know, reconciling some things from the past. Yeah. You know, coming to terms with everything that's gone on in life. I mean, what was it like to actually put it on paper and expose yourself that way? Well, I already had a New York Times bestseller 22 years ago with Rebel Heart. Right. Rebel Soul is the follow-up, and um, it filled in some of the cracks. It, okay. A lot has happened since. I've lived here for 10 years, right? here in Nashville, but I, I was able to fill in some of the cracks, because I used a co-writer for Rebel Heart, so I never was completely 100% happy. Right. So this time I didn't use anything but an editor. Nice. I, so it's kind of like unfiltered. It's, I don't know if unfiltered is the word, it's my voice, 100%. Right. That's awesome. And people feel that there's a lot more clarity in this version of, of my life. And well, that's great. Is that a Of course. Oh, man, he's one of my all-time favorite writers. He's my boyfriend. <laughs> I love that guy, man. He's great. My husband allows me to date him. Awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's really fun. I, I'm not going to lie to you because I think it's bullshit to bullshit an artist. I haven't listened to your music. When I go to listen to your music, what am I expecting? I mean, what's your style? You seem like a rock and roll woman, so I'm assuming rock and roll music. Yeah. And you killed it last night. I'm a rock chick, you know, that's through and through. Nice. And, and uh, you know, I started dancing in front of the mirror with a hairbrush after I saw Mick Jagger, so you use your imagination. <laughs> right on. And, you know, and, and it was Janis Joplin and 
Grace Slick and Debbie Harry and women like that that empowered the part of me right. that wasn't a girly girl. Yeah. I, you know, like, I can be a girly girl, but when I'm on stage, all the girly right. girl leaves the building. Right. And, That's uh, how it should be. <laughs> Get up there and own that shit. I don't know. I just... I, something comes over me I can't put it into words and I have a lot of skeptics a lot of people like Jeremy said to me BB you have to play because I wasn't even going to do Rare Hair I was in New York signing and doing a lot of PR and he said please do Rare Hair so that the people at Rock and Pod will, will know what you do and you know it paid off because 40% of the people that bought my book today people that had no idea what I do on stage that saw me last night came and bought the book. So there's something to be said with getting in the trenches. I've always been for that. Yeah. I like to get in the trenches with my people. Right. That's awesome. What do you think of this event? Uh, This is your first time here. It is. It's been going on since 2017. We've each missed one year and it was two separate years we missed. Right. So we've been coming since 2017. Um, it's a great time for like people like us to talk to folks like you, but we also get to associate with our friends and such. You know, and there's all kinds of cool memorabilia. Yeah. As an artist, as a first timer coming to this, like, what do you think of this event and what they do here? Well, I I'm a firm believer in only doing things like this if you have something to sell, something to promote. Right. I also do chiller theater. I love chiller. It's one of my favorite. Have you ever done the, the autograph? It's an autograph convention in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, it's oh. for, for horror movies and stuff. Okay. No, not just horror. And uh, science fiction and all kinds it's of everything. stuff. It's everything. Ace done it, I think, a few times. Oh, yeah? It's, yeah, a lot of people have. Very rock and roll as yeah. well. It's, it's, yeah. it's probably the best one ever. But this one is really good. What I've enjoyed is I've done a, a bunch of these today. Right. Everybody that's interviewed me is totally prepared. Nobody's a jerk. And everybody gets it. But that was because of last night. I don't think if I had done, if I hadn't done last night, I'm not sure I would be getting the same reception today. I you would from us because, yeah. like I said, I, I we had a list of the guests that we wanted to interview, and I and I asked for you. I asked for you because I knew who you were and I knew your history. I knew you, you know. I mean, you rubbed elbows with all the greats, so I just wanted to interview for that alone, let alone all the others. But what you did last night was just the icing on the cake. It's the smorgasbord, my yeah. life. There you go. <laughs> oh, what was that like? I mean, just because I date normal women, <laughs> which is fine. I love normal well, women. I, I've been married to my husband for 24 years. Um, now, is he a business guy or is no, he? Oh, no, no, no. He was in Das Damen. He's he's been a rock star. He toured the world with their band. Okay, okay. So, my husband, um, he's a rock star, but he's also. You know, got a great job, and he's my musical partner. Right. And he's over there working the books and working everything. Um, so he's just he's just a grounded man. The best, a Jersey boy, of oh. course. She she's saying this to a New Yorker. <laughs> I love New Yorkers and Jersey. See, I think Jersey and New York are starting to become a lot more connected. Than I, they I think you're absolutely right. It used to be like, oh, across the river, you know, stay away from them. <laughs> See, I, I, I love, I could, 
I don't want. I, I sold my house in New Jersey to move here ten years ago. Right. And I wish I hadn't. I'll be honest. I really? Mean, I, I like Nashville. I miss New Jersey. <laughs> I listen. I like Nashville too. Right. But I'm a little upset with some of the political stuff that's going on. Sure. And I don't like the way they're treating women here. Right. And I don't like the fact that they've taken away all our rights. I, well, I certainly understand that. That is not cool. That's the, right. that's the nature of the Bible Belt, unfortunately. I, uh, I moved back down here four years ago. Uh, I'm actually in the mountains of North Carolina. And if you think... Asheville? Uh, 49 miles from Asheville. Yeah. Little bitty town called Spruce Pine. I know it. Yeah, that's that's where I My am. My grandparents had a farm in Dunworth, Carolina. Okay. I, wor <laughs> I worked... I worked the tobacco and the cotton and all that with my grandfather every summer. I learned how to drive a tractor when I was eight. Right. So. Well, that, and that's great. Look, we we just learned that. I don't think you've learned that on any other podcast you've been on today. That's correct. That's awesome. <laughs> i tell you what, I have a 17-year-old daughter, and these are things I worry about and have to throw through my head. Well, but she's frankly thinking about moving back to New York so well, good good you know maybe I would, God forbid she had an toxic pregnancy or something they right. would just let her die on the table I, it, it's it's horrifying That's it's ridiculous cool. it's definitely so not that part of it but I love my friends yeah I've built two houses here I've made a killing in the real estate part of the whole thing oh this place is booming so that part of it I'm happy with but I get very very upset very offended right and but it's hard because there's so many wonderful people here. Right. It, I, I say what I like about Nashville is it's city living with country charm. Yep. You know, because you walk down the streets of New York and you say, hey, how you doing? You're, you might get punched in the face. You might get stabbed. You might get shot. Hey, fuck you. You it know. It depends on how you say it. You got to go, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you you got to put the doing in it. If you say, how you doing? They'll go, yeah, good. <laughs> Where's the good pizza around here? Where's the slice? <laughs> Anywhere. Pick a spot. It's New York. <laughs> Where the gas station pizza is better than anybody else's pizza. <laughs> I know. They say five points is the pizza here. Yeah, well. I, I haven't found a good pizza place down here yet. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired, yes. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're in trouble now. I'm not worried. I don't live here, BB. You do. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I, I really appreciate you giving us a little insight into who you are as a person. Um, I, I, I think that went a lot better than, I, than it could have. Yeah, this was great. Man. Thank you again. Do you have any final questions before I leave? Yes, you do. I can I tell. do. I see it coming out of your head. Is, is Steven Tyler a cool person? Yes. Okay. He's one of my best friends. I've known him over 50 years. Right. I smartly did not marry him. <laughs> and I think that's why we're still friends. Still such good friends, yeah. And why our daughter is so beautiful and so poised and so talented and so special. Right. Because she never had to witness any bad... Right. Yeah. Stephen has always had my back. And, That's great. And I feel bad for him. He's going through the ringer again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the poor guy goes through it, man. But you know, I'm here to always be there for him if he calls me on the phone. I'll be his friend forever. I love him. He even moved to Nashville for a while, so I had nice. him right down the street for a couple of years. 
He had to bail, huh? He dragged me up on stage in front of 30,000 people at Fontanelle, and we did Train Kept a Roll. That's oh. awesome. Was that? Is, is there a video of that somewhere? That'd be great yeah, to see. Uh, actually, there is. Um, if you is, give give me your your thingy, and is it on the YouTube? No, I, I will be able to. Give me your give me your email address and your it's, write it down. Give me your okay. okay. Give me your Instagram and your email and all that fun stuff, and I'll send you some fun stuff. Yeah, give me one of those. We got two. Of them. Are you guys on Instagram? Yes, we are. Good. I want to follow you, so give me all the... Oh, I appreciate that. Give me all the dirt. So... And don't write like a boy, so I can read it. Unless you're a Catholic boy, then you'll have perfect image. <laughs> she, look, she's got me slowing down my handwriting over here. <laughs> but anyway... Um, no, we really appreciate you being here. and. Uh, I've, I've always wondered about, uh, you know, about Tyler. I know about the drug era and the alcohol era and all that. And it's like, but nobody ever talks about if he's a dick or not. And that's what I wanted to well, know. Well, I mean, he's got dick in him. I well, mean, well, every guy does. Yeah. But. I mean, he can he can whip out the dickery. Uh, I know that sounds very metaphoric, but uh, I was going to say, Miss Bebe, we weren't asking for those stories, but I mean, we have time. <laughs> well, no, but what I'm saying is that. He is a very loyal and true family man. He loves his children. He loves the women that gave birth to them. And he is respectful and kind. That's great. And if anybody fucks with me, I just have to make a phone call. That's awesome. He's no, awesome, boy, so you know he's going to back it up. I mean, up. there's been times when I've needed his help. You know, and... That, that's awesome, though, put the, that uh, put the your back like that. You know, it's... It, People like that, it's rare. To have somebody who truly has your back no matter what. For real. Put the Facebook like page on there. We don't have an individual or we don't have a podcast. Are you on Instagram? No, that's, that's, uh, yeah, Instagram. That's my go-to. Okay. okay, well, yeah, there's there's mine right there. That's my email. And the Instagram's the same thing. It's DJ Like nineteen seventy. What does that say to you? The second group? I'm the second group. DJ Metal Mike. DJ. Yeah, because like I'm, 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 we do a radio show too, and, and a podcast. We do uh, thatmetalstation.com. Play a lot Live of classic show every rock, Friday a lot of new rock. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you this so much. This has been much. great, BB. Thank you so much. We You're really welcome. appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I've done that. More than once. Walked away with the headphones. In the, in the recording studio. All right, yeah, there you go, man. Interview with B.B. Buell. She was a sweetheart. She was very forthwith. <laughs> she was. Yeah, yeah, she time. sure was. She got a little political. I had to agree with her so as not to piss her off because uh, I completely didn't agree with her politics. But, you know, when you're talking with, a, uh, with somebody you're trying to interview, you don't necessarily want to piss them off. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. And I don't know why a 70-year-old woman is worried about her rights being taken away. But, hey, that's just me. <laughs> that is the first bit of our Rock and Pot experience. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Metal Mike, uh, was this a success? I think everyone's been a success. What do you think? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, dude, they drew quite a crowd this year, um, just the energy of it. And and from what I gather, it was pretty successful. I think they will probably do another one. Um, I know that it's 
it's one of those things where I mean it, it's a lot of work, man. Like I said, I've said it before. I've said it to Chris. I don't know how you do it, brother. I don't know how you do what you do because you know. Well, I know. Uh, I know. I know. Chris was worried because pre-sale tickets, you know, may not have been that great. Although they the, weren't. They weren't. The IPs all sold out. But the, the VIP sold out, and of course great. the podcast thing. You know, we, you know, there's plenty of podcasters, but yeah, he was worried about. But man, I guess there was just a bunch of walk-ins, and I think maybe the because I I heard he did some local advertisement too. A lot of local maybe that helped. Maybe yeah. that helped. You know, so I am happy for him because you know I'm. You know, I love going to these things and I don't want it to stop, man. But uh, I also can I I can totally understand if, if Chris gets to a point where, man, I'm done. I can't do uh, it anymore. I can't I gotta take a break. Chris, I'll come to your fucking house, dude. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going to be like, all right, motherfucker, help me organize it, bitch. I will. All right, then put your money where your mouth is, Bush. I will. I'll send him <laughs> messages every day. You done anything yet, bitch? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. One thing, um, you know, you and I both have obviously have talked about relocating in Nashville. If I do that, I would be more than willing to help Chris with anything he needed that that I could that, that I could anyway. You know what I mean? Because, oh, yeah. you know, I would be closer. I'd be around. So, you know, yeah. I know I want to thank Chris. I want to thank uh, Michelle. I yes. Want to thank Tracy for all their hard work. Um, I want to thank Aaron. He's a great MC. He's always up there on that stage, taking care of business. You guys do a great job. All the volunteers, you had more volunteers than ever this year. You had volunteers you had to turn away. Uh, I don't remember if it was Tracy or Michelle that I was talking to. They had to turn people away. Really? Well, that's good, man. So, um, that that's absolutely outstanding. And, uh, here's to next year, man. I hope you guys enjoyed that BB Buell interview. Uh, like I said, I tried to cancel that fucker. <laughs> Right on, man. I know how ironic, how ironic, because I think even after we got done, we knew we had something cool, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I was like, dude, like that was I, it was a great interview, man. She was she was really cool. So I don't know, man, e either a she's just somebody that may have been behind the scene, but she was a total professional when it came to actually doing the, the job, so yeah. to speak, or maybe she just liked us. I don't know. But, um, she, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it made me, cause I was the one that was like, Hey, let's interview this lady. I think she'd have a lot of cool stories to tell. And yeah. she did. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah. She was, she was a lot of fun. For uh, sure. we will be releasing our interviews over the next couple of weeks. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the witch by Blackwood, man. This band has such a cool vibe. I am definitely following them. I'm, I'm already on their Facebook and all that. Sweet. They're sweet. a cool band. Check them out. And, uh, Fuck. Final thoughts. Uh, keep fighting the good fight and stay metal to your dying breath, folks. Hell yeah. And buy vinyl. It's outsold CDs. The most popular fucking format in 2020. And uh, stay pathetically objective. Subjective. Pathetic Did I say objective? Subjective. Yeah, pathetically subjective, yes. I got to get on my brother about that because he offered to make us some merch. I'm like, dude, I want on the back of the shirt to say pathetically subjective. That'd be oh, awesome. That's great. We will see you guys next week. Later. Later.